lineup of your favorite show. At producer, 5'11", from Blanchester, the cow killer, Casey McCollister. And comic engineer, standing at 4'8", the pride of the west side, Elliot Rearing. And your host, weighing 150 pounds, soaking wet. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. We have another big day of sports that hit us last night. And we are here to tell you all about it. Woo! I am fired up for today. I did not know that I was going to wake up this morning and realize that there was going to be so much to talk about. And I got news for you. We have a laundry list of topics. We had so many topics that we couldn't fit them all on the uh, the rundown there. Woo! So who knows where we ultimately end up going. Woo! But this is off the bench. Presented by United Dairy Farmers, and that is not Ric Flair. That is uh, Elliot Rearing over there. Uh, Casey McAllister, as usual, on the keys. But we have uh, plenty to talk about. Plenty to talk about. Uh, Blake Snell, he made some comments. We'll get into that. We have our headlines, as usual, per day that, that Elliot will uh, will get into. I like how we separated the bottom bar today. We have the intro. We have headlines. And then we kind of get into our topics. We have uh, Blake Snell, useless things, Reds talk. We may, maybe even, you know, maybe even we do something special today. You wanted to do something special? Maybe we get into some. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it. But maybe we get into something special. What in the absolute hell are you doing over there? Whoa! I'm getting us ready. I'm getting us ready. This is how you start a day. Honestly, in school, when I was when I was at grade school, I, we had to do the uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Instead of doing that, we should have just done a bunch of woos. We get all the kids, we stand up, and we just go, woo! Everybody, that's the it. Ric Flair. Woo! woo! Yeah. And that's it. That's how we start. That's so that it just gets us ready to go. It gets the brain working. What did they do when you were in grade school on getting you ready? Tom would always say you got to get ready to get ready to get ready. What did you do to get ready? To get ready for school? What are you talking about to get ready to get you, ready? You, no, you said you had a teacher that, that would that would make you, what, stand up and yeah, for the clap or what? No, Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge of Allegiance. Gotcha. Yes. Don't get too down the rabbit hole of that. I, I don't even know if they do they do they still do the Pledge of Allegiance I don't know Allegiance if they do it anymore. anymore, actually. I don't know if they yeah. do it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how we started our day. You had the morning announcements. You had the Pledge of Allegiance at the end of the announcements. I don't know if I can and recite then, it. And uh, then basically, you know, as a kid, more times than not, you were counting down, you were counting down how many hours you had left while you were at school. Can I recite Were you it? a big school guy? Did you like school? No, I hated it. Yeah. I mean, I, think, I, th I, mean, I thought school... Casey, did you like school, school at all? Was, it was social hour. Yeah. Me, it was... So. It, yeah? Yeah. Like... There was nothing I despised more than school. It wasn't fun. I mean, like, I mean, there's nothing, like, worse than waking up at 7, like, okay, we're gonna go for... Eight. Basically, you're going to work. You're going to school. Well, yeah, I mean... Um, I, I get that. I, I didn't... I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, but it was like a social hour for the most part. If you're... If you know what you're doing in school, if you're paying attention in class and you just... The most disappointing thing that I've realized or I've come to realize after I've gotten out of school and when I was in school was that, you know, there was just a lot of, there was a lot of, um, this is a strong word, but I feel like it's appropriate. There was a lot of lying to you by teachers when you were in school. Yeah. There, there was always this this this, uh, this overwhelming threat of what will happen if you don't do this. You know, like, 
if you don't do this, you won't pass. You won't be able to get to second grade. And then second grade turned into like, well, if you don't know your multiplication tables, you can't get to third grade. And there was always this pressure every single year. You had to know something. Then you had to pass a test. And then when you get to high school, they start hitting you with the college thing. Like, yep. you're not going to be able to get away with this in college. You're not going to be able to bring in tissue paper for extra credit. I'm like, damn, I tell you what, college was the easiest of all of my schooling. I, I, I'm not saying it was the easiest in regards to subject matter, but just the way it was structured was, was incredibly more feasible. You know, you have an hour here, you get a little bit of a break, you go an hour there, you get a little bit of a break. Some days, hell, I didn't even, once you, once you start to get smart with college scheduling, you could get two days off a week, sometimes three, if, depending on how many credit hours you're going to take. But no, man, you show up at 7.30 in the morning and you're supposed to lock that puppy in until 3 o'clock. Nonsense. Just think about how wild that is. Think about how wild that is to ask some 7 or 8 or 9-year-old kid to show up at 8 or 9 in the morning and pay attention until like 3 o'clock. Am I asking, am I, am I being soft? Is, this, is, that, is the older generation right now really upset at me because I'm saying that that's just an absurd way of going about trying to educate people? No, I think that's I think that's one hundred percent accurate. If they're if they're angry, that's on them. I, uh, the world has changed. The times have changed. I think I did college, uh, and similar to similar to you, it was if you if you know how to schedule in college, you're you're set. I had like two classes on Monday, three classes on Tuesdays, and I would rotate between those two Thursday or uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and then we get to Friday, and you just don't schedule any classes Friday. And that's beautiful. Like, why couldn't grade school be like that? And I think, I think high school started to kind of do it. Probably because it's, it's let's, can we, can we call it what it is? It's a little bit of a daycare. It is a little bit of, well, some of it is. I, I 100%. You have to, you, the kids have to go somewhere. It's, it's 100%. The, the people have to work. The kids have to go somewhere. Some of the schools have now switched to block scheduling. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know the difference between that and the regular. So I never had block scheduling. I had, Seven classes every single day, forty-five minutes a class, right? Every single day. Periods. So, some we some had, we had periods. Some kids are now getting uh, like a two-hour class, a two-hour class, a two-hour class. So you have like three two-hour classes, yes, instead of seven. And we all know that that, that that you can't possibly sit there and focus for two straight hours on a subject. So what Correct. ultimately ends up happening is you're going to have like a thirty or forty-minute break within that class period. But hey, Correct. whatever. I mean, did listen, you cheat on tests? The, the, were, you, the, uh, were you a cheater? Uh, you know, I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm, I'm grown enough at this point to admit things that I've done in my past. And uh, yes, I've, I've, I was an all-time cheater. I, 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 I wasn't just a normal cheater. I, I was the cereal. definition of an elite cheater. And I, and I give a lot of credit. I actually give a lot of credit to the success in my life, to the way in which that I had to work as hard as I did to be able to successfully cheat. And in, in, in a way, in a, in a, in a really long-winded and weird way, to be honest with you, that's what I've been trying to do for the rest of my life is really just to cheat my way through it to where it's like, okay, I really don't want to have to go do this, so I really, I'd really like to do that. What do I have to do to be able to do that? And uh, sometimes you do realize that you know it takes a lot of hard work, yes, but if you're passionate about it, then, then that's the, really the, the main ticket of success. If you really care about something... And you're and you're not willing to stop no matter what, and you just keep going, and you don't really listen to anybody. You'll be successful. Yeah, it's impossible not to be. Now that's that's some big I, life advice. That's right there. some very big but, life but advice. I'm, but I'm just saying, I, I did cheat a lot. Yes. Uh, do you have something that you cheated on that you're proud of? Because I have one thing in my mind that I know that I did 
then I'll, I'll walk us all through it because that's why people tune in off the bench. They want to listen to this stuff. But I do think this is important. Did you do anything that was uh, relatively you know you're proud about for cheating? You know what stinks? I cheated a couple times. I, I didn't cheat a ton. I, I, I feel very bad about things like that. I, I, I couldn't do it. Really? You I, feel bad wow. about cheating? Yeah, I, it felt wrong to me. It felt bad. It, I, I don't. What'd know. you cheat on that you feel bad about? Right now, I can see the guilt in your well, eyes. I, there was one. There was. But here's the thing about that time. It was freshman year. And I, it was math. I, I don't we, do math. Are we in college or high school? High school, high school, this high school. High school, Elliot. Okay. College, college, you can cheat. College is real world. So it's you just use your resources around you. I, that's not even anything. Gotcha. Uh, high school, though, when I was taking a math quiz, I don't do math. If you know Elliot, you know he doesn't do math. I can do, I can do multiplication. I can do division. I can do addition. I can do subtraction. Outside of that, uh, you're going to need to see somebody else. So I was taking a, a, a quiz on some sort of uh, what's, uh, what's, what's the, what's the verbal part of math that I took, uh, in geometry, uh, some sort some, they would do like, like word puzzles with you and, and math. And it's like, what the hell's going on? And I didn't know. So I looked over my buddy, Andy Geigel, uh, well, I shouldn't have given the full name, but Andy's, Andy's, Andy's paper in front of me. And, uh, obviously, so this is, by the way, I'm going to ramble here, but this story is crazy. So I, I did it and I, and I felt great about it. I didn't think anybody saw me. And I looked over my friend Andy's uh, paper, and it was right before Easter break. So I'm like, okay, we did it. We didn't get caught. We're all, we're all going to Easter break happy. So we, we take like a week off, a week and a half. I'd forgotten about it at this point. And then usually there's, uh, I don't know if they still do paper quizzes now in schools, but it was time to give the quizzes back to all the kids and, and, and my teacher, who I won't name here. He was giving, giving everybody their quiz back. And it gets to Andy and I's turn to get our quiz back, and we never get it. Yes. And I'm like, okay, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> that's not good because <laughs> we're the only two in the class. But the class ends. I'm like, all right, we're gonna get we're gonna get summoned over there. Surely nothing happens. And I knew if I went over there and asked him why didn't I get my quiz, I'd find an answer I probably didn't want. So I just left the room that day. I waited yet another couple days until finally he comes up to us like, yeah, we caught you, we caught you, and and you're gonna get a demerit. So I got a demerit. I, I cheated like twice and so I got you, caught. you were a bad cheater. I was a bad yeah, cheater. Yeah, it sounds like you're a bad That's cheater. A bad, I'm not a good bad, cheater. Bad situation there. So I have two <laughs> stories really quickly. I won't spend too much time on these. But uh, one that was a very, very, very risky play, and it worked out in my favor. But it was very not all that intelligent to do. The second one um, was a very sophisticated manner in which we went about cheating. So uh, turns out, of all people, uh, and I'll throw them right under the bus, because at this point, I think we're, we're both grown and old enough now to feel confident of where we are in yeah. life that we can do this. Um, but, but, but Sean, uh, the Spur Bear, as some might know him, um, you know, we, 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 we had a chemistry together. <laughs> and um, we had other people within this class that we obviously were friends with, uh, that we played sports with, whatever. And we had one friend, oddly enough, of all the people, and I won't name names, but oddly enough, the one that was the smartest was the dumbest. And I mean that genuinely. The one that actually knew all That's the answers in chem chemistry, the one that, the one that, that 100% was book smart, was by far the dumbest one of, 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 of all, all of us in real life. And the reason I say that is because we were playing a game over at Lakota East, for those that don't know, out in West, uh, not Westchester, in Liberty Township. It's right by the highway. Right, we're playing a baseball game there in high school. This is the same guy that we cheated off of. This was the this was the person that had to have all the right answers for us to be successful, and I'll explain in a minute. 
But he, we, we were outfield and we were stretching and we'd always have stupid arguments in the outfield. Like if you get buy one, if it's buy one, get one at the store, do you just get two? Should you just get two or do you get three type thing? Um, or how many do you get for free? Just stupid stuff like that. Buy one, get two was what, what was the main argument 90% mm -hmm. of the time when we were doing stretch lines. If it says buy one, get two, do you actually get three or do you only get two? It's a debate for another day. But point is, is there was a cell tower out in center field. And this guy suggested during the, during the, the stretching out there that he could climb to the top of this thing, no problem. <laughs> no problem. And we were like, you're an idiot. Turns out we go back to Hamilton and he gets a group of his friends and he goes to a cell tower in town and does this. Climbs the top of it and comes back down. No safety, no nothing. Just that's does wild. it. That's wow. the type okay. of guy we're talking about. That's who we're cheating off of, by the way. And that's why I don't feel bad about any of this because you realize sometimes in school that the smartest people turn out to be the dumbest people and the dumbest people might be the smartest people depending on the setting. Depending on the setting, of course. So chemistry class comes along and, and we, we're all cheating off of him. So it starts with him in the front row. He passes along the piece of paper to Sean behind him. And all it is is that you drop it on the floor and you get up and you kick it behind you. Yeah. You can't just like turn around and hand it. Drops on the floor. You get up. You move your chair. You kick it. So oddly enough, we always at some point, each person would, would sharpen their pencil at least one time during the test because that's how you had to get up. That was the excuse to get up to be able to kick the paper behind you. So we did this all year long. All year long we did this. And then all of a sudden the chemistry uh, professor doesn't, doesn't find out. I don't, I don't want to make this longer than it needs to be. He puts, an, he puts a, a word, uh, what's the, a paragraph. You had to explain something in paragraph form at the end of this test. Now, none of these tests were like this before. This was an electron, a, what is it? A scantron. A scantron, thank you. So it was, it was just the A, B, C, D answers. So you just needed to know. You didn't, even know, you didn't even need to have the test in front of you. You just needed to know the answers. And then you would change the answers a little bit. So it would always go, he would get right around a 95 to 100 every time. Sean usually is getting right around, you know, an 85 or a 90. And I, I was perfectly fine with, with taking the B. Mm -hmm. Perfectly fine with that. But we had this test where we had half the test was worth this paragraph. Well, we found out about this in period one. We had it in fourth period. So the plan came. Donald, not going to say his last name, <laughs> he wrote down this entire paragraph of what it was as, as to why it exists. He crumbles the paper up, and the paper essentially is so, like, this isn't like a smaller paper. This is, this is, a, this is a full size paper. Mm -hmm. Crumbles the paper up, takes it over to the pencil sharpener, and he leaves it. He leaves it on the pencil sharpener. Oh, my God. So then Sean goes, takes the piece of paper, gets it uses it, goes and takes it to the pencil sharpener, and then I go to the pencil sharpener, and it worked. We never once got caught in class doing this. That's crazy. Not Was one the time. teacher old? Not one Was time. he an older guy? Was he a guy uh, that he would He really care? wasn't too old, no. Or he didn't care. That's the other thing I've thought about after, like, maybe he just didn't care. The, the second question, the second one that was an all-timer was, we had an essay that was pretty much, like, worth half the points in the, in, in the entire class, and uh, it was due on whatever, call it Tuesday of the week. And the, and the, I keep calling him a professor, the teacher's desk is a mess, an absolute nightmare. This guy's desk had p papers stacked up this high, okay? And, and it, you couldn't possibly think when you walked in that he has a clue of what he, what's even on this desk. 
I realized that I was, uh, like most times in school, I failed. And uh, I forgot that we had to have this essay turned in today. I, I, you, you know you ever had that feeling when you sit down and they're like, all right, everybody, turn your, turn your mm -hmm. test in. So everybody hands their papers and they have this big stack of paper and they hand it off. I decided I made a bold move in that situation. I was like, I'm just not going to turn it in. I don't have anything. I can't turn it in. I'm not going to turn it in. So I didn't turn it in. I let it go, let it go, let it go. And then they hand all the tests back, right? And I, and I didn't have one, mine. And I said, I raised my hand. I said, where's mine? <laughs> I played it off like I gave it to him and he lost it. And I was like, it's probably over there in that desk somewhere. Did you find it? It worked to a T. He said, well, you're going to you have to give it to me. Give me your other one tomorrow. Oh, my God. So I did it. It all worked out. So here I am, hosted off the bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I got um, Casey McCallister, yeah. you have one? I, I've got one big one and then just one small, like, word of advice for anyone that's actually still in school. They're, they're looking to cheat? That is looking to cheat. You always right. want to cheat either <laughs> with the smartest person or with the dumbest person in class. Gotcha. Here's, here's why. If you're the smartest person in class... You can always just pass it off as, well, if, it, if it's not a test, if it's like homework and you get caught with your homework, it's simple as he was just trying to help me out. He was just trying to help me learn this. I'm not very good at this subject. Thanks a lot for helping me. Yeah, yeah. You get, you get passed on. Like, okay. Some are asking if it even matters in Blanchester if you have to go to well, school. Well, it definitely does. Yeah. Not. He tells me stories of these classes, how yeah, he like. I'm, I'm about okay. to tell that one. Okay. And if you're cheating with the dumbest person, you're the smartest person in class, and you're just trying to help them out, it's the same story. Anyways, my senior year was probably the easiest year of my entire high school, and I had pre-cal, calculus, college chemistry, physics, and like a American English class, whatever. And it was because I didn't have to do anything in my pre-cal class, nothing, because I had calculus, and I would just tell the pre-cal teacher, I already know how to do this. Starting from day one, never had to do a test, never had to do nothing. And what are the requirements and, to be a teacher in Blanchester? <laughs> I mean, that's preposterous. I, I just looked at her dead in the face, like we were trying to learn the pie chart. I'm like, yeah, I already know how to do that. See, and I pull out the pie chart that my calculus teacher gave to all of us to use. That's yeah, why. I mean, it. it Never that's a bluff. That's, that's a hell of a bluff you put on. So it's not even a bluff. You're just I saying mean, I already know it. It's just like whatever. That's terrible. Uh, I might go to Blanche. I might retake high school classes in Blanchester. You couldn't pay me enough that. to retake uh, high yeah, school I, classes. I, I, All right. In the world of sports, sure. In the world of sports, uh, there, like I said before, there's a lot of things that happen. Lots. Uh, Elliot Rearing is gonna is gonna give you some of the, the 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 top headlines of the day from last night. I checked them out, and let me tell you, they are big time. Which one do you want to start with first, Elliot? Let's start in Cincinnati, Trace. Uh, the Xavier Musketeers, good for them. They beat DePaul. They sent them back to whatever hole they crawled out of. Chicago. They went 91-58. to A uh, little shaky first half. I think they were up by like three or four. Uh, second half, Xavier outscored them by 29 points. So tough. You know when there's a really terrible team, Elliot, there's always this notion of, oh, you could get a, low, a lesser like league to play them and they would win. You know, you'd always yeah. feel like Alabama football could beat the, the Browns or whatever when they were yeah. going over. DePaul, do you, think we could find, do you think we could find a state champion of a public school? So it can't be one of these like prep schools where they have like, you know, five stars coming off the bench. Because I think that that's automatically DePaul loses to them. 100% they do. But you think we could find a public school that's a state champion? To beat DePaul. 
Sure, I can find them. They have three wins, so no, no disrespect to them. I guess we should talk about Louisville because they did beat Louisville. They beat Louisville. And Chicago State. I digress. And My South apologies Dakota. for for interrupting your very no. Yeah, well, that's that's all I had. Uh, Quincy Oliveri, he he scored thirty two points, uh, eleven for sixteen from the floor, which is preposterous. Six for ten. Six for ten from three. McKnight and Green, they dro- they both dropped thirteen points. And I believe Trace, some guy who I've never heard of in my entire life. Let me see if I can get this name right. Yeah. Uh, his name is Brad Colbert. Brad Colbert. He's number forty five for Xavier. He hit a three in the game to, I believe, give free Chick-fil-A to the entire arena. Yeah. So, shout out to Brad Colbert. He was a hero. I'm looking at I'm, – I'm on Yahoo Sports. They don't even have a picture for him. I can't even see what he looks like. But, Brad, shout out to you uh, and shout out to Xavier. Are they back? Many are saying they're back. Brad will tell his kids that. If Brad has a sense of humor, he will use that joke for the rest of his life. 100%. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Xavier wins by a hundred and it didn't matter. Uh, 10th ranked Duke. They beat Louisville 84 to 59. That's fun. Looks like Filipowski was fine. Uh, the court storming didn't end his career like some, including Jay Billis, uh, said it would have. <laughs> so congratulations to Filipowski after a tough, I be- they, they came out and said it wasn't even a sprain. The initial report was it was he, a, he, he, was he, it was he was an acting like that was like legit semi acting. It was. Which is kind of wild. Like, they, I don't understand that. They, he, they said there was a small bruise, I think. And yeah. they put some ice on it. Yeah. It was more of a bruised ego than anything. Yeah, 100%. Uh, sixth ranked Arizona. They crushed Arizona State, 85-67. Uh, this is the, people forget this is the last year of the Pac-12. I'm going to be really sad when it all ends. Uh, 12th ranked Creighton. They eviscerated Seton Hall, 85-64. A lot of blowouts in the Big East. There's, I feel like there's way more blowouts in the Big East than... Uh, the Big 12. I could be wrong on that. But I, it just feels like every night there's there's some big blowout. 13th ranked Illinois. They got into a shootout with Minnesota. Minnesota hung on to win 105-97. Uh, you don't see Big 10 scores get up that high usually, so that's interesting. 14th ranked Alabama. They scored 103 points against Ole Miss. They won by, what was that, 15 points. Good for them. They look, they look bad in the first half, too. I thought Butler was going to be good. Butler's not very good. No. They're frauds. St. John's, they win by 23 points as well. Uh, Brick Patino and Slick Rick, they might make a little tournament noise. You think if, so? they, if they get in the first four, if they're able to get into the tournament, I think they can make some noise. LeBron James, going to the NBA, he scored 19 points in the fourth quarter to lead the Lakers back from 20. James had 19 in the fourth. The Clippers had 16. So he outscored the Clippers in the fourth quarter by three points. It is impressive that LeBron James is as old as he is. Oh, yeah. And he's still playing serviceable basketball. Like, oh, yeah. I know there's haters out there. I know some people just they can't stand LeBron for, for, for some things that he's done that I'm not here to, to argue about. But I'm just saying it is impressive how old he is, and he continues to get the job done to a certain extent. Also, uh, another quick point I wanted to make about um, Butler. Is Dad Mata still in the running for Ohio State? I don't know. I would say I would say no. But who knows? Maybe maybe they hire him back. Let's see. Uh, the Oilers. The Oilers. Hockey news. They. Be, I mean, this is how bad it is right now in sports that I have to mention hockey scores. And this is no disrespect to the great NHL. I, I I have love and I have respect for that league. But if you think I'm reading down this score during the Reds regular season, you're crazy. Anyway, the Oilers beat the St. Louis Blues in overtime, three to two. Congratulations. FC Cincinnati, they played a game last night, Trace, at home. Yeah, I... I Casey, I, did you go? I did not go. Huh. And you're a real fan, right? Yep, that's right. Oh, I watched. Damn. 
Uh, well, they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers again. They played them the first time last week. They're playing them again this week. This time by a score of four to nil. Uh, aggregate, I believe this is by aggregate, as Casey explained it to me. So they won six nil in the two match showdown. That's correct. Uh, Pal Bupenza, Foster, and Valenzuela all had goals. I believe I pronounced those names right. Maybe you nailed not. it. Uh, thank you. Other soccer news: Paul Bagba has been banned from football, and by football, Trace means soccer, for four years mm. due to doping. That seems like an extensive punishment. Four years for Paul Bagba. I've heard the name. I don't know where he, who he plays for, where he plays in. No I, one in this chat could care. Yeah, I, I agree. And this is some interesting news regarding Rory McIlroy, and we've got a couple clips uh, regarding it. He fired back, and not really fired back, but he had a couple comments in response to Taylor Gooch, who said that the Masters will have an asterisk on it because the live guys aren't allowed to play. Taylor Gooch, Joakim Neiman just got an exemption for it. It's, I believe it's not, it's, it's a, the Masters invites whoever they want to invite kind of thing. I don't even know it's... The Masters takes uh, the World Golf ranking points and they utilize that to be able to qualify folks that otherwise wouldn't have qualified for other metrics. And essentially, the Masters can invite whoever they wish. Um, but they do have a couple invites they use every single year. Um, Neiman's a guy that is... I think he, he's um, South African, maybe. He, anyway, he won the. I think he won amateur. Uh, he won as an amateur, like the the you know their national championship as an amateur in the country that he was from. And I believe Chile. Um, is he from Chile? Joaquim Neiman, Chile. Yeah. So, um, so ultimately, Taylor Gooch. It, it, who gives a rat? That's where I'm at with it. He's not. He's he's finished. I don't even think he's finished top twenty in any major he's played in. So we're sitting here talking about a guy that no one else could care care about, which is which is on par, quite frankly, for the headlines of the day. Well, it's it's just how it is. It's just how the live the live golf goes. Do we have the do we have the clip, Casey, of, of Rory's comments? Which one do you want to play first? The the longer one, whichever one's the long the first one I sent you. Okay. The longest one. Yep, I got it. Uh, again, this is Rory in response to Gooch. Look, the Masters is an invitational, and and they'll invite whoever they think, you know warrants a, an invite and I mean I, I think you know to be fair to Taylor I think the if you look if you read the entire like the question and then the answer it's not as if he just came out with that I feel like whoever did the interview sort of led him down that path to say that so I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt there a little bit he basically just agreed with what the interviewer asked um, but at the same time you know Joaquin Neiman got an invite and I played with Joaquin in Dubai a few weeks ago, and he went down to Australia and won. He was in Oman last week. You know, he's been chasing his tail around the world to try to get this, either play his way into Augusta or show enough form to, to warrant an invite. And I don't know if the same can be said for Taylor. Ooh, ooh. A little uh, spicy. A little spicy at the end there. I, again, I could listen to Rory talk forever. I love that accent. But I think, I. I there, at some point, there's going to be a resolution to this Live Golf PGA Tour stuff. Uh, John Rahm said, I think it was last week or this week, that Tiger Woods never texted him back when he told when he was telling people that he was going to live. So there's still a little bad blood uh, amongst the PGA, at least some of the PGA guys. I, I, at some point, you just have to merge it. At some point, you just merge it. You play together, or you do it Ryder Cup style, where they're each their own leagues, but maybe once a year they all have a showdown. And it would be it would be an elite event. 
but Rory actually said he might join the live. Is that right, Casey? I guess that's right. That's right, Casey. Play the clip. <laughs> Fantastic. Rory, um, I'm wondering the last time you spoke to Chubby Chandler and what <laughs> and what do you think motivated him to say what he said other than making headlines? I think he's writing a book. Um, so there's, there is that. Uh, I spoke to Chubby. I might have saw him in the Middle East, actually, at the start of the year. So you never know. He might know a few things. Who knows? Well, he started by saying there's a good chance you'd go to live, and then he's, at the end it was 10%. So is, is, is there a percentage that he's Somewhere in the middle, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Tom, can you give it to Alan Shipnuck, please? Chubby Chandler. I just Googled that guy. Yeah. Lives up to the name. Tough. That's a tough. That's, that's, <laughs> that's tough. tough. Well, that's, I mean, that's. I, I mean, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but that's. <laughs> that's a tough look. I guess he was the former agent uh, of Rory McIlroy, and he said that there's a chance Rory might go. I would say there's. A I don't think chance. Rory. Rory. Rory is in a spot where he is. Hey, listen. If they offer a bag that he thinks is absurdly ridiculous, and he knows they're getting ready to merge anyways, and it's not going to affect him in any in any manner, then maybe he'll take it. But ultimately, Rory is kind of pretty set in stone where he stands with all this, and I think he's just having a lighthearted situation there. And I wouldn't read too much into that. And at the end of it all, like I mean, like you've said before, if these guys are going to be able to play in majors, Rory's going to get to play in all these majors, um, without question, based off of. Uh, based off of invite and on top of that if he were to leave that's probably one of the mo one of the more iconic PGA tour folks that would be left and I would venture to say at that point live would have won the battle and they would have they would have come to some kind of agreement so Rory holds holds some keys there if he wants to try to make that jump and make some money but at the end of it all like I said before the vast majority of people that watch golf they care about four tournaments Five, if you want to include the Ryder Cup. Yep. There's really not that many. The vast majority of people, to be honest with you, the the the, the overwhelmingly vast majority of people that are casuals are going to watch maybe Augusta, maybe the Masters, and maybe the U.S. Open. And if they're eating cereal and they accidentally turn on ESPN on on uh, on, a, on a lovely morning in the middle of the summer, then maybe they'll run into the British Open, the Open Championship, if I want to properly see it. But outside of that, I don't think many people that aren't casuals of the game of golf really care. Um, about any of this so Blake Snell had some comments yes he did so well I don't know if he really even had comments more of uh, basically some news came out and Casey I sent you a graphic if that's okay as well regarding Blake Snell uh, but basically Blake Snell turned out a massive deal for the Yankees it was I, obviously we know who his, who his agent is and, and this deal wasn't good enough but it's it's one of those things where he's willing to do a Cody Bellinger type of deal a, a small short contract one to two year deal uh, for a lot of money and it comes down to whether or not a team like the Cincinnati Reds can go out and get this guy I don't think there's a world where the Reds are going to spend uh, I don't know I don't know what the number would be 30 35 million dollars for a one-year deal I don't I don't think there's a scenario where we do that if they were to do it though uh, I think Blake Snell would be worth it I actually think you get your money's worth for Blake Snell and not to mention it's not a 10-year deal, so... Correct. It, it, if, it, it's the smarter deal if you're going to pay something If you're like a small this. franchise, it's without question the only way in which you can go out and get a big-time uh, free agent, more or less, more likely, is on a one-year deal where you, you realize that you don't, 
you know, hamstring your organization for a decade because you went out on a limb and then it turns out that this guy doesn't ultimately end up panning out and you're left on the hook owing, you know, 80, 90, 100 million dollars of something that, that ultimately you get no production out of and then therefore you're hamstrung in a, in a, in a, in a weird way, right? Uh, yeah. The smaller franchises have a salary cap and their, and their salary cap is essentially the affordability or what the revenue is of their franchise. Some, as we've come to know, don't seem to have that at all. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as well, to be honest. I mean, you sign a guy for a billion dollars in Shohei Otani, it, 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 I just have a hard time believing at some point there's not a ceiling there. And it certainly feels like there isn't one with the Dodgers. I'm not going to sit here and act like there is because they continue to sign guys. And they not only when they signed Otani, then they went out and they obviously got the other. And I, I, I butcher the the. Uh, the I'm not going to try to the, the kid's name. That's obviously the the foreign arm that came over. Um, but at, at at this very moment, if you're the Reds, Blake Snell is probably not going to be an option or an opportunity to get because I don't know if he would want to come play in Cincinnati on a one year deal. And that's the other thing too is like at some point too. I do think that that stigma of pitching in a small park goes away because you're going to you're going to have enough metrics out there, enough data, trackman data, uh, fan graph type stuff that are going to be able to tell whether or not you still are throwing the ball well and maybe you gave up an extra so many home runs or maybe you gave up this, but based off of these stats, we know that if you put him in this park, he would still be elite type thing. Right? So I I don't really buy into the notion as much as others do that you can't go out and find a guy on a one-year opportunity and Frankie Montas did that but I, I know Frankie Montas and Blake Snell are in two different worlds I'm not suggesting they are but or they're they're one of the same they're not but the whole notion that you can't get as a guy to come to Great American Ballpark anymore I think if it's not already done, it's going to be done relatively soon. And I think, too, and this is no knock on players. It's the way the game has evolved. It's, what, it's the way all sports have evolved. It's really become about the money. It's, it's all about the money. And, I, I, and this is no knock. I'm sure these guys want to win. I'm sure they want to be in a place where winning is possible. Yep. But I also think they want to be in, A, a place that's fun to live in, and, B, uh, they want to get paid a lot of money. Like, those are points one and two. The winning part, I think, for guys, and again, this is no knock on uh, somebody like Blake Snell, but it, it seems if he hasn't signed yet, it's it's only about money. He is he is in this business to make money, and that's it. And 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 maybe that's the Scott Boris way. And I know the Reds have a couple of Scott Boris clients uh, on, on our team, but I just I just think if you if you're unable to have a team by what day is it? It's March. I mean, it's 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 leap day on February 29th. But it's Mar we're in March. Don't we're be disrespectful. To, don't be disrespectful I'm to not, Leap Day. I'm not disrespectful. You're being it. very disrespectful to Leap Day. This I'm thing comes around once every four years, if if if, if my uh, education served me right, which today you probably realize it might not have. But you are being incredibly disrespectful to the 29th of February by calling it March. Leap Day. Do you realize that they joke. work hard? It, it works. Th this day work so damn hard to be a part of society that it only comes around once every four years. That's how hard it has to work to come around. This day's a and joke. You are, and you are sitting here being incredibly disrespectful to Leap it. day's a joke. You're a joke. No, I, I, I'm not a joke. And now I, I've lost my train of thought of what I was saying. Because, yeah, because you got a, you got a mush. You got nothing but, but uh, mm -hmm. pudding for a brain over there. <laughs> 
Uh, no, I, but, but to round out my point, my closing argument, if it's only about the money, I agree with you. I, I think guys will pay, will, will come to play in Cincinnati. If you're going to pay top dollar, then, then you'll surely come. I just hope and I pray that the Cubs don't get them. I hope and I pray that the Dodgers don't get them. Because I can't, you know what? If the Dodgers get them, honestly, I don't care anymore, I guess. I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm all the way out on that. Because the Dodgers have bought and they've paid their way to one World Series in the past, what, 10 years? So it's like it's fine. It's whatever. The Dodgers go out and they can make a super team. They can just be the National League All-Stars every single game. Uh, I, I still don't think the Dodgers are going to win a World Series. Still don't believe it's going to happen this year. So that's fine. Did but Boris jump the shark here a little bit? It kind of feels like it kind of feels like uh, not not that it's going to ultimately end up burning and, and, and Boris is going to be looked at as a as a fraud or anything like that. I'm not suggesting that that he's already he's already kind of cemented his legacy. He's already been a guy that's done incredible things for the player. So I, I don't believe that there's going to be people that are going to look down upon Boris here. But it does feel like he's dug his dug his heels in here. And we're getting closer and closer and closer to this to this edge that you're going to fall off of here to where you kind of start to realize where these owners and or the or the teams themselves are like, yeah, let's just let's who cares at this point? Let's just see how far this goes. Let's see how low we can get this to fall before we sign somebody. And sure enough, all, all it takes is a little bit of fear that someone else is going to take Snell and you actually want him for that to probably uh, end. But it does. It does seem like the owners slash teams are winning. They're winning. Yeah. They're beating. They're beating Boris for the first time in a long time. And if you're a Boris client now moving forward, I'm not saying you need to be worried about it, but it definitely seems like it's something that be careful what you ask for. Because I do agree with you. Some players on the back end of their career, I think it can go both ways. They can be starved for their entire career to not get an opportunity to win. And they've been decent or a good player. And in order to be have any kind of sustainability in, in, in professional sports, you have to be pretty damn good, right? But so if, you, if you've been around the league for quite some time and you have not won a significant amount, I do think you could find yourself in a position where you're like, you know what, you're ring chasing, if you want to call it that, and you're willing to take a lesser of a deal. But that's more or less likely because if you've, you've earned a significant amount of money over time. Some of these guys have come to realize, or they do realize, in the middle of their in the middle of their playing career, that it's 100% a business, and on top of that, their earning potential for the rest of their life is never going to be even remotely the same, ever even remotely the same. So Blake Snell is looking at this and thinking to himself, you know, that extra 10 million dollars that we're talking about on this deal isn't really a significant amount in regards to the grand scheme of things, one way or the other, but it's a significant amount to me personally. Because, and I get it, if you're making hundreds of millions of dollars over the course of your life, some people are going to be like, well, you know, what's $10 million at the end of the day anyways? I certainly and, think that, yeah. And, 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 but, but here's the crazy thing about all this is that, you know, money is a very powerful thing in our lives. It, it controls a lot of decisions we all make. It's certainly, um, to, a, to a certain extent, it's what makes the world operate. We all understand that. And they, you've heard the, the cliches, terms that uh, money makes the world go around. But my point to all of this is that I can kind of get to where it's like, okay, hold out for money, hold out for money, hold out for money. But then the opposite at some point has to come in that you're going to die. And, you, and you're, you're more or less, it's some, you're not going to spend it all. And if you're super worried about your grandkids and your great-grandkids and their great-great-grandkids and all that, um, maybe you do care about the extra 10 or extra $20 million here or there. But 
the vast majority of these guys, if they're relatively in, you know, intelligent at all, they can live the rest of their lives no problem at all and never have to worry about money again. So then you get back to the point of, okay, well, if that's the case, then what, what would I rather have in my life? What would I rather, would I rather have 10, 10 extra million dollars or would I rather go somewhere where I'm actually going to enjoy my life while I'm here, which is a very small amount of time. And I have a chance to make memories that I'll cherish for the rest of my life. That's a very uh, rock in a hard place type idea or situation you can find yourself in. Now, no one's going to feel sorry for these guys because they're making millions and millions and millions of dollars. But you can't convince me. It's, you can't convince me that somebody that has even a semblance of a, of a persuasive type of attitude. If I was a general manager of a team like the Reds, that's that is the that would be the goal. If I was talking to Blake Snell, would be like, yeah, listen, I get it. I understand the money thing, but at the same time, wouldn't it be nice to bring a city a championship that was the first professional franchise in history? And on top of that, we've been starving around here forever. We're dying for a championship. Mm -hmm. If you want to go play in LA, go ahead. They're not going to give it. You know, I'm going to try to be, you know, but they're not going to care. They don't care. Now, yes, they have a good fan base, but it's not going to be because you, you're not going to be cherished and loved and beloved. If you come to Cincinnati and you do it, by all accounts, you'll be a king. So, that's the, I mean, I'm not suggesting that that would work, but I would give it hell. I'd give it a shot. I, just, I, try, I try to remind these people that they're going to die, not going to spend all this money. I just don't understand. He turned down a six-year, $168 million deal with the Yankees in January. Six years, $168 million. That's $28 million a year. That's not good enough. Is there a chance he doesn't want to be stuck somewhere that he might not want to be? That's another opportunity. That's another thought. Could be. It could but be. But opt-outs anymore. It seems like players get these opt-outs. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's the craziest part about uh, sports contracts in the last few years that I've just keep. I've, I've come to just be like, how in the world do these guys get away with this? Yeah, I don't. I, uh, Wes Miller is a perfect example. Oh, I, that you, we saw that yesterday. West Miller's a perfect example. I mean, and just in general, though, that happens for all of these contracts. Very rarely does the organization and or the, the team, whatever you want to call it, do they have the ability to opt out, but the player and the coach have the ability to opt out. It's like, why is that such a just foregone, let's not worry about it type thing? I would, If Cody Bellinger is allowed to opt out after the first year and he has an MVP season, then... If I'm the Cubs, I'm like, well, I want to be able to opt out too. 100%. If you're, if you're terrible, we should be able to opt out. We both have an opt out clause. Then at that point, then what's the point of having a contract? Because what are the chances of you actually agreeing perfectly on the terms for, for, for ongoing? Which is probably the main question I ever. I eventually want to ask that to somebody that's either an agent or a general manager slash owner. It's like, what's the point of two, two options? Because... What are the chances that both of you actually agree on the exact same term for the next year? Yeah. Somebody's going to opt out. Um, and it's trickled, like it's trickled down to college too, I, the, the opt-out side of things. And you go to the, you look at the NIL, and now everybody's going to get mad at kids for transferring, wanting different situations. It's the way sports has gone, and it stinks. College coaches, it starts with college, college coaches too. I saw this on uh, the Mothership, I believe. I think in, in 2019, there were 20, 20 new head coaches hired in college football, and I think two of them remain at that college today, at the college they signed with. And it's, and it's just it's – just, uh, I don't want to say it's a, a lack of um, uh, st stability or I, – I don't know what word I'm looking for here, but clearly it's, it's about fast and it's about right now. It's not about the long-term future anymore. It's about what can I get for myself immediately. 
and, and that's yeah. unfortunately the way it's gone. And maybe that's the way it's always been. I don't know. Most of but these, uh, most of these decision makers and athletic directors, in my opinion, are maybe the world's worst negotiators. And or they 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 get so engulfed in the idea or the concept of they, of them wanting this one single person that they'll do whatever the hell they ask, and it just seems crazy that we that that that, that these organizations and these franchises continue to do this, especially in college. I mean, if you you look you look at uh, uh, you look at Lane Kiffin's career, which yeah. is kind of a wild one. Yeah, uh, you look at uh, Lincoln Riley going to USC. It's like, what did Lincoln Riley ever do? To deserve what he got, like next to next to, I don't say nothing, but it's absurd. At some point, I think it will correct itself, but we're not anywhere near there now. Um, all right, useless things. Are we still on? I don't know, Casey. Are we still on? Yeah, we're still on. Still on. Still on. Elliot Rearing's. He's, he's just out here. You're trying know. to. You're trying to ship every. You're trying to just sink so. every I, ship. I think, there is no demand. I think there was unanimous issues in the chat. No, we're still on. Um, yeah, it does look like that, Casey. does look like that. My favorite thing, though, here sometimes is this. Uh, we d we've had this a few times. It is a tough spot if you're a Casey over there because if you have some internet issues, you don't want to break people's train of thought. You are still recording, so I guess you could have it for podcast reasons. But sometimes, what do you think we should do here? If uh, well, Let's set the precedent now. Sure, sure. It, let's just say the internet goes out now. Right now. What happens? How long do you think it goes before Casey actually says that we're off air and we're just talking to ourselves? How long do you think that goes? 15 minutes? No. How 15, long would it go? Ka Casey, how minutes? long do you think it should go? I mean, I, I mean, we were <laughs> down for maybe like all of 30 seconds. That's fair. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, no, no, no. no. What, There's what nothing guys... wrong. Look, like he's getting all defensive. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, don't I'm get all defensive. A simple question. Casey, I'm asking a simple question. The question is, how long would it go before you tell us? That's all. It's not a big deal. It's, this is your personal no. opinion. There's, this, you know, can I do the teacher thing right now? Please. There's please, no, please, please. I'll do the teacher thing right now. There's never, there's not a wrong answer here, Casey. And there's never a dumb question. <laughs> so what's the answer? Uh, I don't know, like two minutes. Because at right. that point, it's like there, there is you, you guys on that side do not see what I see. I can see when it's struggling, and I can see when it's like down. Hmm. I could tell that it was just struggling. I've done this long enough to know that it was just trying to get to the internet, but was struggling. You guys are professional, I and mean, we're dealing with professionals. When it's down, it's down, down, and I'll, I'll be like, okay, yeah, down, it's, down, 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 something like that. Okay, uh, useless thing. So we walked in today and we were like, all right, what, what should we talk about? What are some things that we can do? Casey said, we should do a mock draft. I said, all right, let's talk about useless things. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more useless, in my opinion, than a bunch of... And, and listen, when I say this, I say this, of course. What do you say? You say it with all due respect. All due respect. I say with, with this. I, I say this with love, with respect, with all due respect. But there is, and I mean, I've come up with a list. You've come up with a list. We'll have a discussion of the most useless things that we do as humans. And as I, as I speak on this, my OCD, uh, if I have a little bit of that, I don't know if I do, ADD, I have a lot of different problems. But uh, I, let's put the, the ticker on useless things. Um, so of all the useless things that we do, I have a top five list. Maybe the biggest useless thing that we do in, in, in sports society for sure is make mock drafts. I've, I've never seen anybody 
even be remotely close to their PFF mock draft that they put out two months in advance of the draft is when there actually is a draft. Now, I get it. It's fun. Maybe you can convince me it's similar to doing March Madness brackets, right? But at least the March Madness brackets, there's like a list of games that are guaranteed to happen. And then from there, you're just forecasting who wins. In the NFL, you have absolutely zero clue who teams are picking. Yep. And you have zero clue who's available to you. So it's it's legitimately just a it's a fun fest. Can we at least agree on that? 100%. It's a 100% fun fest. It's There's just, no real merit to this. No merit whatsoever. Now, we're doing this right in the face of a guy that likes mock drafts. Bam. And I feel like we're being a little disrespectful. But you're, of course, allowed to rebuttal, Casey. We're not trying to hear and jump and, and stomp on your parade. But please convince me, if you want to try, why every mock draft isn't completely worthless. I mean, they are completely worthless. Hell yeah! <laughs> but but it, it's, it's not really a uh, – it's more of a way to engage with fans to get an idea of what we're all thinking. What, what should we be looking for as the Bengals? What um, prospects maybe you haven't checked out yet? Things of that nature. It, it helps me kind of guide, like – where at least a guy maybe should fall at, right? And then you go do your own research, and then you determine, like, DeWan Jones is probably a first-round pick, and the NFL thinks otherwise. So, I mean, it, it's just fun, right? It's just – it's not anything uh, – there's no legitimacy to it. There's nothing that's going to be like, you know, the Bengals are going to look at your mock draft and go, oh, yeah, I got to look at so-and-so's mock draft to see what we should do. That's it's not what really – happens it's more just for fan engagement and uh you know but there are people who get paid to do it at the mothership who are very serious supposed to be who are supposed to be like professional experts and and they are they are to a certain extent yeah they are to a certain extent i do think that it's impossible to to get everything right obviously like oh yeah i don't i i don't even think mel kuyper is all that accurate in terms of like rating out talent no or what a team will do yeah it's just for entertainment value all right uh one of the other top five things i think elliot has a has a list his list is terrible my list is great your list is horrible um your list is terrible so top five useless things in my opinion that uh, we do as human beings um i won't do them all we'll go back and forth one for one uh buying birthday cards for kids is a worthless thing have you ever seen a kid even care about the card one time. I've never seen it. The only thing they look for is money. Yet we spend what? It's probably decent money. Three, four, five, six dollars. Instead of doing that, why not just put it in an envelope with like the extra six dollars in there with a note that says the extra six dollars. I know it's weird that I gave you twenty six dollars, but the extra six dollars was from the, the money that I saved from the cart. The kid would 100% like that better. 100%. Why doesn't that become a societal norm? Birthday cards are a waste of everybody's time. They've always been that. They no, always I don't will know be that. about like some older adults. They might find that sentimental. Why don't you write them a letter? Like you can write them a letter. Okay. I, like a card is is is, no, is a nothing burger. I'm not gonna argue that. That's, that in that's fact, why I, I was the one that said that cards are useless. I, just, I was meaning it was useless for kids specifically. But you're now taking it. You're 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 taking the whole entire card industry on it as a whole. Are you ready to fight that fight? I'm ready to fight the fight. I, right. I think there's never been a card that's been worth buying ever. Right. And I think the what they get you is the envelope fees because those are terrible too. Why am I buying the envelope? I just want the card. 
Hmm. Terrible. I'm out. Your next one? Are we on Rumble today? I don't We've know what on Rumble. We, I have not. I have not stopped streaming to Rumble Hell since yeah, that day Casey. that Trace told me to start streaming on Rumble. Seriously? Yes. Wait, we've been on Rumble this entire time? Yes. Yes. And we on get, top of that. We get some viewership, too, on there. Do yeah. We? Yeah. I literally haven't checked. What are, the, what are our numbers on Rumble? Ten. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. But, hey, there's ten people watching. Like, <laughs> I love how you think that's so funny. Good on Rumble. Can you give me one of your top five useless things in yeah. a terrible list, please? Oh, I, thought, I thought you were doing your whole list. I said we'll go one for one. Okay. You weren't listening per uh, usual. Uh, well, okay. All right. I was, I was getting concerned oh, with the internet 22 issues. followers on Rumble. 22? Really? Can we uh, stop slandering Rumble, please? Donald? Is Donald on there? Is he following us? Um, okay. So, number one, my most useless thing in life, recycling. Uh, I already did this bit earlier this week, but I'm going to do it again because we're doing it again. Recycling, there is nothing. There has never, ever, ever been a bigger waste of your time, the, the world's time, than putting uh, your garbage into separate bins. Put it all in the same bin. It's going to the same place. They're going to do the same thing. Nothing matters. Recycle Don't recycle. Again. Don't do it. All right. My dad will recycle nonstop. And I tell him, Dad, please, your recycling is wa wasting all of our time. Why are you ripping up these cardboard boxes and putting it into recycling? It's just going to go to the dump. And he says, Elliot, please don't yell at me. I'm just trying to save the earth. And I say, Dad, you're not. I hate to tell you this. You're not saving the earth. Every time you drive a car, it hurts the earth. Isn't that kind of funny how we as humans think we're going to save the earth? Yeah, you're not <laughs> it's kind of funny. Hey, we can all can we just like take a second and think about this for just a half a second? You know, of course we won't get too crazy into the weeds on this, but just we, we as humans sometimes, like I said before, we think that we can just solve a lot of things that I'm not yeah. sure that we think we we can actually solve. We like we actually think that we can save the, the this planet. Like we as humans are going to save it. We're not really saving anything. If anything, we're trying to save ourselves. Can we at least agree on that? I we're agree. being selfish. We're being selfish. That's I, what we're doing. We're trying to make sure that this, this rock that we live on, that we float around on together as one, we all try to love each other as best we can on here. We're, we're really not worried about the rock as much as we're worried about the way in which that rock allows us to live on it. Listen, Nate says it in the chat. I once saw the Rumpke guys at UD put the dumpster trash and the recycling trash into the same truck. This is what they do. This happens. And Everett is pro-garbage, and he's saying Elliot leaves his can open. It rains and cries when the wet cardboard cannot be recycled. I don't do that. I do not cry about my garbage. I don't do it. But recycling, that is my number one on my, on my top five list. I don't have a number one. Minor, minor kind well, of whatever. Number one. Um, I say the second thing is spamming the walk button on crosswalks. That's a great one. You ever seen anybody That's do that? One. You ever seen one tell me that like, they hit the button and they stand there and look at the, the light and they're like, okay, I'm going to have to hit it again. And they just, they literally just get there and, and they hit it like 900 times. And then it finally hits walk. And I think in their brain, they think that the last time they hit it was the difference. It's like, no, it's just on a timing cycle. The way this works is you hit it, and it registers. Oh, there's somebody here. We need to put a walk sign up the next time we decide to stop traffic in this direction. I don't know why. And you know what? While I'm on it, elevators are the same way. Like, you can hit, you can hit the close button as fast and, and as much as you want. Great, great. But let's be honest. It's going to close when it wants to close. It's not, it's not going to, like... Close faster because you hit the button nine times. I don't know about that. Sounds like we got a guy over here that believes in this. I do believe in the elevator one. 
Because you can, you can, the, at least at hospitals, you can actually like hold the, the door and it goes quickly. I don't think so. Do, I don't do think the closed, the closed door, the closed door button on elevators never worked for me ever. They have to do that for emergencies. Well, it's never worked it, for me. It's it never, works in a hospital. It doesn't work here in our elevators. Well, no. well let's find out. What, let's find elevators. out what the chat thinks. Let's find out what the chat thinks. Chat Which we can make questions. it elevator slash. Uh, we'll make it elevator because I think crosswalk. We well, can the all crosswalk agree. things. I, I have a take on the crosswalk thing. Okay. So some of them have uh, like it's so it's a little it's like everybody's seen it. it's a little metal thing and then there's a little red circle in there and you touch it. There is something soothing about hitting that. There is something soothing that, that's about what I was going to initially do putting was, your finger yeah. on the sensor and hearing the little beep. It's I don't I can't explain what it is, but when I put my finger on the red little sensor on those things, I feel like a, like a like a superhero. Like that's just what it makes me feel like. So that could be the reason why everybody's doing it. Now some people are psychos like uh, they'll just they'll just hit it just to hit it and annoy everybody. But I think a lot of it is it makes you feel good about yourself when you do it. Something fun to do. Do they make medicine for that? <laughs> yeah, I think they do. I think they I think they do have medicine for that. Um, my number two, uh, painting. If you're gonna That's go out, if, if you're gonna go out there and paint, uh, you're wasting your time. I don't think anybody's ever liked a painting. I've never gone out and bought bought a painting. Um, I think people those those artists out there that sell their like uh, drawing of a sun uh, on a on a on a beautiful over, on a beautiful field. And they sell that for four thousand dollars. So I, I think all paint, all painting. I'm out on big the, the big paint industry. I think it's a waste of everybody's time. No more painting. What? So we, you, so so wait, you're anti-artist right now? No, I'm not anti-artist. I'm anti either drawing paint and then selling it for more money than it's clearly worth, or it's uh, worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it. Let's not forget that. Well, I know I just put your brain in a pretzel over there. Well, no, you did going. a little bit, but that's okay. I don't think it's worth it. I don't paint. No paint. I'm out on big paint. Yeah, Casey? Why? I just told you why. I'm not going to explain it again for these people. Because, this is a because serious of, sports of, talk show. of the worth of it, the, the, of what someone's willing to pay for it. That's why you're out on it? Correct. I don't think you they should. I don't think you should be. It. I don't think you should be selling it for that much. That's what I'm saying. But I just don't understand that take. Okay. I don't know why the art community ever. What, what did they ever do to you? Yeah, are you just? Are you? It seems, it seems like a. It seems like there's some jealousy here from from Elliot. He seems. It seems as if he looks at this painting. He doesn't see. He doesn't see the beauty in it. And then he sees that people sell it for whatever whatever they sell it for. And then he's upset that they are able to get as much money for it as they actually do. So that seems like a. That seems like an internal issue. More, more, more than a useless thing in society. But we'll we'll, we'll move on. Okay. Uh, another one that I think is useless. Uh, you're just you're just wasting your time. Is like buying photos at amusement parks. So you know when you walk off the ride and they have all the oh, photos. Oh yeah. This is a good one. It doesn't it doesn't mean that I think that uh, that you aren't trying to be a good person and buying it. It's just that how many people actually buy that and it doesn't end up just sitting in a cupboard somewhere and it never comes out. That's my, more or less my point. It seems like a useless photo. You don't really, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't really ever, I never been over to someone's house and I looked on the walls and I'm like, oh, look, there it is. It's Johnny and Joe. They're on the beast. I've never seen that. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen anybody's photo on a roller coaster ride that you didn't just initially buy right then and there? No. There's my point. I th that's you're right. That's that's nonsensical. And also a, a pro move is you just pull out your phone and then just take <laughs> yeah. a picture of it while well, it's on I the. I think show. they've <laughs> caught on to that because the last time 
I looked at a, like uh, when I was walking by the booth and I just yeah. glanced to the right. I didn't stop and look at the photos, but I did see, I don't know how people even can see what ride they're on because the watermark yeah. that is on these pictures is so horrific. How could you even see the photo in and of itself? So clearly that somebody caught on to that and they're like, we, we need to put watermarks on these things fast. And they did do that. At okay. So what about like other parks like the zoo? Is it worth getting photos at the zoo? Well, it's a different thing. That's what do you mean by that? Well, like, like they have, taking they your do, own photos? They do the. You can do the same thing. Like I've, I've had to do the same thing. You can take a picture with an animal, and they'll put watermarks on it. You at least got to experience the, the the animal itself, but you don't actually get the photos until you pay for those photos. Yeah, but you can just bring your own camera to that. I don't understand that one. Well, let's. You can bring your own I camera. Want a picture to, of the tiger. I'll take a picture of the tiger. Uh, yeah, I, I, the phone, the phone feels like uh, the way in which most people should go about trying to get a photo if they want it. Now, if you're, okay, my point is this: let's say you get a photo with a tiger. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I again have never been over to someone's house and seen. Oh, look, there's Johnny with the photo of the tiger at the Cincinnati Zoo. That thing is just sitting in a closet, Casey. Am I wrong about that? Seems like he's seems like he's right. Seems like I might go over to Casey's house and he's gonna have a damn photo of a tiger with him at the zoo in the <laughs> middle of his dining room. Some uh, say I got a photo of me and a, a couple tigers hanging up somewhere in my living room. Yeah, some are saying that. My third, my third on my list of most useless things is washing your car. Uh, washing your car is pointless. I don't understand why people do it so oftenly or so frequently because it literally just gets dirty as you drive away from the car wash. I worked at Mike's Car Wash. I was a car wash professional. Uh, and literally, as soon as you, as the second you leave the little, the little uh, tunnel where we wash your car, your car is instantly dirty. So why are you paying $20 for it? Hand washing is legitimately the, like, peak wasting your time. Just go to, if you're going to wash your car, and at that's least true go too. to the... Like, if you're going to waste your time washing it, like, you spend an hour washing it, go to Mike's Car Wash, do it for three minutes, and they have it get dirty immediately. Otherwise, you work an hour and then have it get dirty immediately. I couldn't disagree with this take more. If it rains the next day, the whole wash is, is ruined. If it rains the next day, it's ruined. And how much does a car wash cost? Uh, $13, I believe, is now it's inflation. This is, you know, some Biden's America. But this is, this is, <laughs> this is uh, $13, I believe, at Mike's Car Wash now. I mean, that's just... A uh, couple, <clears throat> couple members here I, that, I, uh, that we have. Yeah, you can uh, read that one. Justin, five... <laughs> I'll Go ahead and read that one. <laughs> Go ahead, Trace. I'm not reading that one. You can read it. Go ahead, Trace. I'm not reading that one. I don't have the ability to put up member chats. Only super chats. It's kind of sad. You want to read that, Trace? <laughs> How are we supposed to read that? I do feel like that's a that's a that you know what? There he's been a member. Justin's been a member for five months. Um <laughs> I don't know how you read it. This is a, this is, I, I mean, this, you're in a pickle here because this is somebody who's a member, a paying, a paying member, a supporter of Chatterbox. Yes. And I feel and like they he, typed I it out. Like, I feel like they did this and they want us to read it. Uh, five golden, um, baths, baths. And, uh, not it's not really, it's not, <laughs> <laughs> <That's> not, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, five golden, um, I think we should have used, um, I don't, this is tough, <laughs> we're being honest. Five golden showers is what he says. Of course, these aren't my words, these are Justin's. Uh, four calling girls. 
three French hens. W H. No, just put hens. W H uh, something. Three. Can't I, I can't really figure out the rest. Thanks, Trace, Reed, Elliot, and Arn. What? I think Arn. Casey. Arn like, Anderson. Casey looks uh, like okay. Arn Anderson. Uh, Mr. Mo, number one chatterbox. Chatter and locked on Reds hater. That's his words, not mine, to be very, very clear. Uh, he's been a member for five whole months. He's a nut cutter. And uh, he says, Elliot seems like the type of person to look at a kid's painting and just walk over and kick it while yelling, this painting is worth nothing. So. True. It's a tough look on Elliot, you. Elliot, you, you should anti, be on. You are anti uh, You agree artists. with my car wash take? Because car washing I, is. No, I don't agree with the car wash take. I think it's a terrible take. I think if you're trying to take care of your car and you have a car. Again, I understand the concept of a car that maybe you would deem as not worth you know, keeping clean, like you don't, you want to make sure that the paint on it is, if the paint's already gone, you know, you realize when you wash your car, you're, you're trying to help, yep. you're trying to help make sure there's not rust or salt on your car or, you know, dirt that eventually sits there too long and it kind of erodes the paint. You know, those are the types of things people wash their cars for mostly. If it's just strictly an aesthetic thing, I could understand that, but you don't think that salt underneath your car needs to get rinsed off? Yeah, there's certain car washes that you have to do, like it's maintenance. But some people will go out like in the summertime and, and get a car wash, and then it rains an hour later, and it's like you just wasted all your money plus, plus, yeah, or your time. I guess what Trace is trying to say is there's a difference between a 2003 Chevy Impala and a brand-new Escalade? <laughs> Maybe. I, no, I wasn't. No, 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 no. Now that, Casey, Casey, that was funny, though. That was good. All right. And behind behind every joke's a little bit of the truth. Your next one. Um, my my next one is is writing letters to the editor. I think people actually think that the editor cares, and I'm here to say the editor could care less. If That's we're being if we're being completely honest, there's people that, that that take time out of their day and they want to write something to somebody, and the truth is is that they could care less. But I think they actually care. Do you think that when you write a letter into an editor of a major newspaper, they care? I know they don't care. In fact, I would doubt any time you write that, I doubt they even get it. Exactly. So it's that a waste you are of right. time that is. That's a waste of time. Uh, going to college. That's my, number four on my list. Waste of your time. Unless you're going to be a doctor, a pharmacist, or anything in the medical field. I guess maybe engineering you can put in that as well. Uh, college is a waste of everybody's time. So don't go. Uh, save your money. I'm What, what am I? $40,000 in the hole for a degree that I literally haven't used once. So. It's tough. I think a lot of people in our organization, by our organization, I mean Shatterbox Sports, have not really used their degrees a whole lot. Maybe Reed has. You could say Reed has. Reed has a little bit. Um, you could say Casey kind of has. But Kate, yeah. if we're being honest, and you ask Casey point blank right now, hey, did you learn anything that you really need to know in college, or did you have to figure it out just by using critical thinking skills and looking things up on the internet? Most of it, I think, is uh, the, the latter. Which yeah. maybe you could argue college is to try to sharpen your critical thinking skills. That's the angle that they're going to take. Everett asked, would Chatterbox have hired me if I didn't have a degree? I, I the, 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 My degree literally never was mentioned in the interview. Yeah, we never asked for it, did we? No. I, in no, fact, I literally, and when I you think work... because we didn't think you had one. When you, work in this, when you work in this field, it's all about experience. That's, that's it. It's, it's, all, it's one thing and it's experience. And what experience did you bring? What do you mean? I was at a, I, you don't think I had experience in, in, in this? I worked at 700 WLW. Come on. Give me a – listen, you can slander Elliot a lot of ways, but I did work at that radio station. I think that's some experience in media. No? 
Yeah, it, that doesn't count what, as experience in media. What did you bring? What What did you do there that that made you so 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 equipped to do what you do here? I don't know, but it clearly worked. <laughs> I don't know, but it, I, I, it, it. we can bring Reed on in here and, and and we can do the whole bit again of why I got hired. But I'm going to tell you right now, if I didn't work there, I would not have gotten hired. That's a fact. I didn't even know that you worked there. I did. You know what? You know the truth as to why you got hired. Reed, but went to bat for me. Yeah, he walked up to me and said, "Elliot is Elliot is hilarious. I think he could help us out." And I said, "Okay, if you like him, that's it." So Reed saved me. I owe Reed. I owe Reed my salary. That's it. Pretty much. Um, Reed got you the job, fair and square. Your last one. I didn't even really. I didn't, well, we never even met. Never even talked to you. I met you. I met you before. I met you with the iPads. <laughs> you think that's what got you hired? Yeah, sure. I met you with the iPads. <laughs> Go on. AJ Worse says, Zebra, I say this with love and respect. Don't ever undermine your degree from the University of Cincinnati. We are more educated than 99% of these buffoons. Fair. That's a fair point. Yeah. Brian B, 700 WLW can be heard in all 50 states. Somehow you can't even pick it up in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that's at night, like in the middle night. of the night when, yeah. when, when nobody else is on the airwaves. That's Correct. how you pick it up. Uh, super Chats, Casey, I don't know which one. I, I, I'm losing track of these Super Chats now. we got too many comments coming in, which is very good for us. Start firing away. Uh, Big C, 499. Elliot is really saying he's got several bird doo-doos on his car and doesn't want to clean it. Again, I, I don't think you need to clean it because the natural rainfall will, will get that off, unless it's like some serious poo. But if a bird takes a doo-doo on your car, it naturally will come off eventually. Uh, nothing matters. Is that? Is That's that, Sir Boy. Sir That's Sir Boy. Why is, he, why is it nothing matters? I don't know. We got, we got to, we're going to have to pump Sir Boy up. I'm going to give Sir Boy a motivational speech. Right uh, $1.99. I know it's useless. The city of Mason Cubs fans. That's possible. That's fair. That's possible. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, Sir Boy, a very, very proud OG of this program and uh, – and franchise that we call Chatterbox Sports. Um, you, everything matters. Everything matters. Some things don't matter as much as others, but everything matters to a certain extent. Sure. Slightly. Sir Boy. Do you have you, one more, by the Sir way? Sir Boy has such a privileged name that I, I hope he changes his name back. I agree. Do you want uh, more? No, I already used mock draft. Okay, that was my I, fifth one. Okay, because I got one more. Your, your last uh, one. Gambling. Don't gamble. Waste See, your time. See, this is what you do. You, 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 you have the world's worst list. You, you, I, I said the five most useless things that we do as humans, and you've brought up things that are actually worthwhile. You're gambling? De you're, you're degrading. I, gambling is very entertaining. It hasn't worked for me. Very. It hasn't been worthwhile for me. Okay, well, let's talk about why then. It's, it can be very entertaining if you do it responsibly of course if you have a problem you call 1-800-GAMBLER we talked about this you have to be 21 plus in Ohio but gambling is something in which most people that are not you know maybe privy to understanding it would just automatically assume it's uh it's it's horrible but I think if it's taken out of context or somebody doesn't do it responsibly it can be horrible yes like almost like almost everything else in the world you could argue that working too much is a terrible thing. You yep. could argue being at home doing nothing is a terrible thing. You could argue playing golf literally every day of your life and you become addicted to it is a bad thing. Is there anything in the world that you could argue that if you just literally did obsessively all the time wouldn't be bad? I don't know. I think that I think you're I think I think it's worthless. 
bad. It's worthless when you don't have a plan. Yeah, but there's really no plan to gambling. The gambling is the gambling a, is for the rich to have fun. That's what the gamble. That's no, what gambling no, is. No, no. Can I can I say something? Sure. Gambling is designed to entice you the same way the lottery is, and that is to feel and make you feel like you're one step away from making life-changing money. And the truth is, is that that is no different if you wanted to take that approach than just going to the old local gas station and buying lottery tickets. However, if you've realized a systematic way of going about gambling, it's not really enjoyable, but it is profitable. Yeah. I, I don't, I've, I've, I've legitimately, I say this, like I, I'm not to jinx myself here, but I've not ever, I, the last five years of gambling, um, or how many ever years it's been legal in Ohio, to be fair. I, I've not never, I've never, I've never lost money. But it's a, it's a, it's, it, I treat it like it's a, it's, it's not fun. It's not fun though. That's the part. It's not fun. I don't even watch the games. I just look at the numbers, <clears throat> make a bet, know that if that bet loses, then you get like Moneyball. It's just like Moneyball. One hundred percent. It's not really enjoyable. You know, Moneyball. I was thinking the other day. It's a little bit of a joke. I, more I think about Moneyball, what a joke. They don't mention Tejada. They don't mention any of the three studs. They, they had, they had the Cy Young and the MVP on the team. They didn't mention either one of those guys. They wanted to act like. Uh, Scott Hatterberg was going to win them the World Series when in reality he had nothing to do with I mean nothing's a strong word but very little to do with it. Everything matters. And also let's not forget, you know, they've not actually they didn't they didn't even win at all. That's fair. Uh, and again, we'll we'll get into more some baseball talk here in a second. We're going to do some it's ad good reads. Movie, though. It's a good movie. We're going to do some ad reads right now and then we're going to get into some Reds talk and we're going to do some Bengals mock draft. That's what we're going to do. It's been a silly show, but we're going to try to round it out with some serious Cincinnati sports discussion on this very serious Cincinnati sports talk show. If we do a mock draft, I'm going to make a mockery of it. Okay. Well, that's what we'll try to do. All right. Uh, we have to pay the bills around here. And when we do that, we only send it to one person and one person only because he is the best in the business. Some say he is the king of ad reads we do have some more ad reads on the way uh just sign the dotted line on something that i'm excited about I'm gonna need your guys's help because they think uh and i say they they're, they're 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 willing to do the deal with us but i gotta be honest they're a a larger organization and i think that i i, I genuinely mean this they said we are the smallest and we are small so i'm not going to act like we're not small we are a smaller organization as compared to other big behemoths that they that they do advertising with but we are the smallest organization that they've done a deal with. Now it's a short-term deal, so it's a prove-it deal. We're doing a we're doing a one-year prove-it deal here at Chatterbox right. Sports. But we do have that we do have that ad read next week, and they're going to give us a code, and then that's how they're going to figure out if we're actually worth it or not. And I think Nutcutter Nation is going to come out in full force and support us. That's what I hope. That's what I hope too. But that's next week. But for this week, Casey. Who helps pay the bills around here, and we love them for that. Take it away. Yeah. The Future Bengals Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with the suite of services for mobile computing, desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. The path to innovation begins here. Visit Encore.tech. Let me tell you about this lovely bottle of water right here. Pawnee water. 
Made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. Uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, and some say the best tasting water in the world. Visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. Get your coffee from UDF, drink lots of Pawnee Water, and get your technology solutions from Encore.Tech. And before we go any further, um, programming notes. We have box lunch later, right? No. No? We're not... Isn't today Thursday? Is it Thursday? Yeah. Man, I, yesterday was hump day. Whew. We have it. We have it tomorrow, and then we have, we have Tom. Tomorrow. We have a Tom big interview tomorrow, and then we have Kirby. I believe released the Chatterbox Reds this morning. Uh, go check out Chatterbox Reds uh, podcast in podcast form. What was that? Just keep going. Oh, I was going to say when you're done, I got something. To say. I was going to say please like, please comment, please subscribe if you're watching this and you haven't yet. Uh, it would help. We again. I'm just I'm just hoping and I'm counting down the days till we can get to the red season because I'm running out of things to talk about. I'm trying my best to put on a brave face. But if we're going to be honest, I can only talk about hypothetical situations for so long. I need something real. I need something. I thought Xavier and UC were going to get me there. They died. They died real quick. They fell off the face of the earth. And now I got nothing. We got two zero, uh, they, no chance of, 0% chance of tournament teams in this city. Uh, Dayton, I guess we can start learning about Dayton. I, I have to learn about Dayton. That's what, that's what it's going to come down to. I have to learn about the Dayton basketball team. But the red season starts in a month. We are going to be really good right then. But hang with us. We're going to have some fun. We're going to make this show silly. Uh, on Monday night, Trace, myself, Kirby, a videographer, we're heading across the country. If you didn't know this, I'm going to say it again because, again, I think this is wild. Uh, we are driving across the country in a van with Chatterbox Sports painted on it. Uh, shout out to painters. Uh, they painted it, and it looks good. Going across the country in a van uh, and, and trying to make pretty much it's, – it's essentially what it's going to be now. It's, it's a red spring training trip. But along the way, there is going to be some misadventures uh, with, with, with the guys in the, in the van. So stay tuned for that. We also have Miami baseball. If you're not, if you're not uh, familiar with Miami baseball, that is the university closer to Hamilton. I think it's farther away than I actually thought. Um, but again, Miami baseball is going to start up here real soon on ChatterboxSports.com. Which one, which one is it? Watch, watch Seabox Sports. Yep. It's on Watch Seabox Sports. Uh, so if you like college baseball, uh, it's a better broadcast than ESPN+. Plus. I promise you that. We'll have Reed Mouse on the call. And I don't know if they're going to play anybody big yet this early in the season, but surely they will uh, once we get into the conference play. So tune in, watch that, watch Seabox Sports. That'll be very fun. We do have some super chats, so let's do that. My twin sister, Mandy, is an editor. Most letters she gets are about the subjects of the crosswords or how they are too complicated. Well, that's fair. Um, we also have one from Sir Boy. Bring back the old commercials. Are we going to bring back the old commercials? No. Sorry. Why not? Because they waste our time. Anyways, do you have anything else to say? Uh, am I missing any plugs? Am I missing any plugs? Uh, we have Cheddar Bucks Bearcats still, uh, God willing. Just watch for, for Chuck and Houdini. Don't watch because the Bearcats. Just watch because of those two guys. They're very good. They're very funny. Uh, outside of con... And I, I don't think that's it. I think it's the last content note I have. Okay. I got two notes really quickly. Two notes. Bengals have interviewed multiple tight ends this morning. Oh, wow. Some of the top tight ends, like Jatavion Sanders, Brock Bowers, uh, I believe Cade Stover as well, the Ohio State product. I know lots of you guys love that guy. And uh, I believe Jaheim Bell as well. So, yeah, um, they're looking at tight ends this uh, this morning. So that's a interesting little tidbit to keep in mind in the back of your mind. 
And then um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, because we didn't really touch on FC besides the score, one uh, just quick little note that I have to say is that Brett Hazley, I believe is his name. Oh, Brett Hazley, yeah. He, he deserves more playing time. The dude is uh, phenomenal. I think he had like three assists yesterday, something like that. He was just all over the place. He deserves more playing time. The wife has been saying that. My father-in-law has been saying that. I've been saying that. Um, I think he proved a lot yesterday when uh, he, he what he did yesterday. So I think uh, we should see some more playing time from him. Some of my favorite Brett Hazley songs are Whiskey Lullaby, uh, Little Moments, uh, when I get when I get where I'm going, these are just a couple of the best Brett Hazley songs. Did you get that, Casey? Yeah, I got that. It was Brad Paisley, not Brett Hazley. Uh, that's it. Time to talk about the Reds, I guess. Or do you want to do mock draft first? Which one um, I really don't want to do a mock draft. I feel like if we do a mock draft, we've gotten to the part of the show where where we've kind of put the caveat in at this point, where we say that we're uh, what's what's the term to use? We are from 10 A ish to 12 P ish ish. So today might be one of those ish Let's do the mock draft. That's good. Let's do the mock draft. We oh, we're going to do a mock draft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Let's do the mock draft. Casey, you're going to have to run. I can't see anything up on this board, so you're going to have right. to tell me what So we are starting the draft now. Here we go. We Here go we go, Trace. It. We are starting the draft. This is who the Bengals are going to get. Do, 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 do. We're at pick number 18. We've got some edge rushers on the board. We know they've been talking to some edge rushers. they got to... Jackson Power Johnson, a center, another edge rusher, uh, Latou from UCLA. I really like that guy. Jerzon Newton is a guy I that they only talk to the edge rushers because that's who you talk to first on these things, right? Uh, no, I think that's correct. Actually, uh, I mean, I don't know. Per my source, that is they. You talk to the edge rushers first when you when at this combine. That is why we talk to the edge rushers. Sure, but uh, I get your point. My first overall pick. Um, I'm going to go with. We don't need a center. I want Mims. Trace, I want your guy Mims. Is that fair? Do you want anybody else? Sure. Yeah, I, I listen, if you're looking for me for advice, uh, Mims is a good player, yeah. I mean, but at the same time, like, you know. What do you think the Bengals should get here? Well, Jolly tackle, says, an edge rusher? Jo- Jolly says if, if Turner's there, you got to take him. So we're taking Dallas Turner. Take him. I want it. See, this is where you, this is where you you get in a situation where just because someone's there, you have to take them. Like, I trust. Do you not trust Jolly? We, we I, 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 listen. I, I love Jolly, with, but at the same time, we, we don't. None of these guys are guaranteed. Ooh, Bo Nix is interesting. Not, not a guarantee. Bo Nix, what a, what a stretch that is. Um, in the second round. So who would we take here? Uh, Bo Nix. You're going to take Chris Jenkins. Michael Penick's still available, huh? I like Jonathan Brooks, but he's hurt, I believe, Casey. Is that correct? That's correct. He tore his ACL in October or November or something like that. You're, you're, what, what are we doing here? Are we not taking Chris Jenkins? I think we take Chris Jenkins. I think you're right. Uh, seriously, I'm asking a question. No, I want to know. I, think I, mean, we're I want it. people that are smarter than me to tell me why you wouldn't take Chris Jenkins. Chris Jenkins, Chris do Jenkins. it. Chris Jenkins. Fire it. It's a smart pick. Do you think we're going to get an A at this point, Casey? What's up? Do you think our draft grade will be an A at this point? Do we have a shot at an A? That's that's debatable. We need a a tight end. We need a tackle. Mm. Devondre Sweat there at the bottom. Patrick Paul, I like. Oh, we can get Corum. Like Corum. I'll tell you what. Cedric Van Pran is going to be a great player in the NFL. I'll, I'll, I'll call my shot now. 
All right, take him. He, no, I'm, 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 I'm not saying that's what you need. I have no idea what the Bengals need, but I'm telling you right now that Cedric Van Pran will be – he will play in the NFL for a long time. Uh, I like Blake Corum. Are we not going to take Corum? Um, give me – I mean, if we have – do we need a wide receiver? I guess we need a wide receiver too at some point. You don't need a wide receiver. You got T. Higgins. There's no good tight ends. Is, is there any tight end close to here that's relevant? No. Cade Stover. Kate, but when, you could probably wait another round maybe. Okay, we'll wait for Cade Stover. All hmm. right. Then we will take – give me Patrick Paul. I want Patrick Paul. Patrick Paul. Don't know anything about Patrick Paul, uh, but I do like the alliteration. Yeah. Jolly says there's no chance he waits until then. I don't know. On our draft, he certainly is there. How accurate is, is, uh, is, is, are, are these mock drafts in regards to... I would say 0% accurate. <laughs> I mean, I would say. just say 0 In I mean, regards to people being available or not available. Fantasy land. Uh, and we need one more pick. Is there any tight end available here? I can't believe Tyke Smith. Uh, ben Sennett is a guy that I really like. Who? Ben Sennett, tight end from Kansas State. Sure, let's do it. We need a tight end. All right, let's let's draft this guy here. All right, we need an A. Wait, are we still going? We can end it if you want. I'll just pick some random guys. We went through the first couple rounds. Oh, I thought it was only you did four. Do you do all seven? Yeah. This is why, again, this is why Trace is kind of right on mock drafts. Like, what are we, do, what are we even doing with this? Because what not, do we do with all of them? None of it. None of it. What about the first round pick? What do we do with that one? You don't do anything with it. I just. I guess it's. I guess it's like. I guess it's like. I mean, when you fill out a March Madness bracket, it's fun because it like it all can happen. This is horrible. This is. This This is is literally. I mean, listen. You guys threw this on me at the last second here. You said you want to talk about something. I was like, well, yeah, we can talk about the Reds. Let's talk about the Reds. Well, we're gonna figure out what our draft. All right, we'll get our draft grade. And that's it's it. Pretty painful for some for some of us, I know. This I, is I, I do feel sorry for people in the chat at this moment, and I do feel sorry not. for our OGs. I just want to take this time and apologize that we need to be better. We will what get about, better. We need about, to get better. This is about, one of those things. Can, uh, can, Casey, can you put it on me for a second? Can you put it on me for a second? All right, listen. Listen, I, 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 this isn't acceptable. This is not the chatterbox uh, sports type of program that you've come to know in this town. Jolly, we Jolly know that. Uh, and, I, and I'll tell you what, I'm pissed about it. I'm pissed about it. <laughs> We're going to fix this. We're going to get it right. I'm competitive as hell. We've, I want to win. We, we all want to win this program. <laughs> all of it. We've got the guys. I am pissed. We've got the and guys. And we will make it better. We will get better and we'll be back better than ever, hopefully tomorrow. But for now, just bear with us because we don't have very good, we don't have a very good, uh, for lack of a better term, team in here today. Is this is this over? What do we yeah, get? I mean, what do we get it, wasn't Casey? Meant, it wasn't meant to be a super long segment. It was meant to show how. Uh, let's what's our grade? What's our grade? Can it, you give us our grade? It's uh, let's see here, a B plus. Hey hey hey, better than school. When you're talking about <laughs> C's get degrees. When you're talking about uh, what grade do I want on a on a draft that doesn't make sense or nobody cares about? A B plus is what I'll take. All right, let's switch into real red news here. So basically, there were some quotes from David Bell as of yesterday, uh, and, and I think it's fun. To, I think it's fun to debate this. How how many of these spots are already filled out? When you go through spring training, there's a couple of guys that are on the bubble per se. Yeah, there's the Stuart Fairchild. Cincinnati knows a lot about bubbles. They surely do. 
But it's interesting to go to, to discuss uh, who actually has a chance to make the, the rotation. I think the starting rotation, you have certainly at least four, three or four guys that you know are going to be there on opening day. But who is going to get the last two spots? Who's going to get the last spot? Um, David Bell said uh, in, in regards to this, it's definitely not set. In some ways, it's hard to say that because some guys you feel like it's not about them not deserving it or anything, but we only have five spots. We have to let it play out a little bit. Yep. David would go on to say, Andrew's in a great spot. Brandon Williamson, uh, with what he did for us last season, deserves strong consideration as well. If you had to pick, and I guess the starting five right now, and it's assuming Nick Lodolo is going to get let's healthy. Let's go slow through it. Hunter Green, Hunter Green. Is, our, is our number one. Maybe. I don't know about that. We can have a debate about that right now if you'd like. I don't know if we want to, but I think maybe we could. Well, we can we, we can wait a little bit longer in the spring. You don't and think I know I, I know people are gonna be like, well, you shouldn't use the, excuse me, you shouldn't use the spring as a as a as an example as to why one guy is better than the other. But I would just say Frankie Montaz being the opening day starter would not surprise me. But Frankie Montaz, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, uh, again. until Nick Lodolo throws baseballs. Uh, a considerable amount of time. I, I just, I don't know. My brain doesn't allow me to believe that. All right, that. so then it's Graham Ashcraft for sure. Graham is in the rotation. Correct. Then you have Andrew Abbott. Correct. Then you have uh, Brandon Williamson. Yes. And then you would have a guy like Connor Phillips fighting for it. Yep, that's bubble watch. And Although you I Nick think Lodolo. that that's You didn't let me count sure. Nick Lodolo, so Nick Lodolo. Nick would... Lodolo, if he's healthy, I think that's where you start to have this, uh, you start to have this tough, tough situation. The good news is, is that clearly if somebody were to go down, which is going to happen, you have somebody that we believe in that we can fill in. Evan says he's healthy. Yeah, I listen. I Like I said, I and Matt McClain's healthy as well, and Jonathan India's healthy as well. And, 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 I, and I'm not trying to, like, be a pessimist here or be a Debbie Downer, but I, I, I like to see it, you know? I kind of like that in life sometimes. That's fair. Seeing is believing. Um. I'm not trying to be pessimistic towards Lodolo, but again, we were told last year this guy was going to come back, and he never did. So, am I, I being? Am I? Am I? Am I? Am I being? I mean, I know that you're the super negative guy, so I should. I'm the super I, negative guy. I shouldn't you probably ask should ask the super me. negative guy. If I'm As being of right negative. now, there's nothing to believe. And David Bell did mention in this interview that Nick's been battling, and and I think he said he'll be ready. He'll be good to go here soon. So I think you have to put you have to factor in Nick in our rotation. You have to. Okay. So at this point, our number one is Hunter Green. I think me and you agree on that. I think Frankie is our number two. See the, uh, you don't okay, think Hunter fine. Green? You don't think Hunter Green's the one? Not a guarantee. No. I think that's crazy. He has to be our one. I mean, it's 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 somewhat semantical. It He's the guy matter. that's locked it, it up. It really doesn't matter. Until you get to the postseason, what's it really matter who no, your number it matters, one is? It matters a little bit. I mean, it matters. Frankie Montaz and, and Hunter Green are one one A, one B, if you want to call it that. And this is where Hunter Green needs to step up a little bit this year. He can't have a 4-6 ERA. He's got, he's got to be the ace. He's got to be the guy. We have to have a leader out there. Uh, I, I'm all it's not even about, like, what, what? I'm all fine with the Why do you think Hunter Green's automatically 100% an opening day starter versus, like, Frankie Montas? Genuinely. Because Just I, because he's I, been here longer? Because I think Hunter Green is the future. I think the fans love Hunter Green. I think it's, again, we get into the entertainment side of this, and, and sports are an entertainment thing. 
fans are showing up to the ballpark on opening day to see Hunter Green pitch on opening day. Am Hunter I allowed Green, to say something Hunter, else that's semi-negative? Frankie Montas's velocity is not that far away from Hunter Green. I'll say that. I, Frankie Montas can throw some gas now. I think he was throwing 97. You have you have Hunter Green who throws baseballs at 100 miles an hour as a starting pitcher. Fans want to see it, and I think if you're what able does to, it doesn't matter what the fans want to see. It doesn't matter what the fans want to see, but I'm just saying that's what that factors into your decision a little bit. I know I I know for a fact it does. <laughs> you're you're putting on a brave face there. I don't know if it ultimately you don't th- you don't matters. you don't think when they're setting the opening day roster. Opening day starter. When you're when you're when you're when you're going through the list of Frankie Montas, Nick Lodolo, you don't think Hunter Green is going to get probably a lot of the vote for PR purposes for for the fan base no. for social media. You don't absolutely think absolutely not. No. Okay, all absolutely right. not. I don't think it has it. one one iota matters at all. I think that they're going to put out there whoever they think gives them the best chance to win. Maybe I'm being naive in thinking that, but that's 100 percent what I believe. Now, as far as uh, Hunter Green. And Frankie Montas, who should be the opening day starter, I'll, I'll just openly say this. If you, similar to college, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't really have a quarterback. If you have two opening day starters, you don't really have an ace. I think you have, you can, you, you can argue you have two good pitchers, but I'm not going to say that one of them is, is a solidified ace. At That's this a fair point. point. I, I, I'm not saying people are going to take that the wrong way, hopefully. I'm not saying that they can't be an ace type of, uh, of arm. I'm just saying that, you know, at this point, I don't think I can certifiably say that the Reds have an ace. Nobody can sit here and justify that Hunter Green's definitely better than Frankie Montas or Frankie Montas definitely better than Hunter Green. Or even for that matter, hell, let's just go to another step. You could even argue it's be- they're better than Lodolo. If healthy, of course. That's a huge asterisk, by the way. Because why? Your best ability is Available, Come on, pudding. Uh, availability. But my I think Thank you. my point is that you're paying Hunter Green to be your ace. He's locked up as a red to be the ace. That's why we have him here. What is why are you so hung up on the word ace? Because I, I think it matters. I think it matters to have a guy that you 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 know is gonna go out there and pitch when you need a guy to go out there and pitch well. On your last game of the season, you want your ace out there, right or wrong? Now, if you if you if you're loaded to the gills with pitchers with starting pitching, sure you have, you have you have a little bit of uh, uh, wiggle room there. You can pick and choose, but I think it is important to have a guy that's the number one. When when you when you're going down the lineup in a in a series, you want your one out there. You want your one two three out there. And I think that that could be justifiable over the course of the season. And you could say that hey, this guy is our ace. But going into this spring, there is nobody that has a track record, and there's nobody that has done anything on the field when it's mattered for this team that makes me certifiably say that they're the ace. Simple as that. Not a single one of them. Hunter Green has had injury histories. Under Green also, if we're being completely honest, hasn't thrown the ball unbelievably well for long stretches of time. He's looked unbelievable, and then the next start, he gets hit around. That's so, not being negative. I'm just saying like, he's not an ace. He's not an ace. He could be an ace. He has the ceiling to be an ace. It's like saying Jizzle James is a star. Jizzle James is not a star. He can't. He has the potential to be a star. You can see it. There are glimpses of it. But I'm not going to, and again, I don't really get caught up in the semantics of all this really all that much. I'm not, I, I could care less. I really genuinely could care less if somebody says that Hunter Green's an ace. It's not going to irritate me. It's not going to make me get all upset. But I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to buy into the idea that you couldn't convince me that Frankie Montaz is the ace. 
if you want to use the term ace. When I think of ace, though, which I don't know why we got, how far we've gotten down this rabbit hole, but when someone says someone's an ace, I just think that they are a bona fide frontline starter. You put them up against anybody in the league and you have a chance to win. Is it sad to say that I don't know if we have that? I don't think it's sad. I don't. I don't think it's sad to say that yet. I mean, I, I again, Nick Kirby's putting in the chat that Hunter Green doesn't uh, you know, make as make as much as some of these relievers, and that's fine. When I say they're paying him to be that, I think a, a six-year deal is more than enough to say that this franchise believes in him to be that guy. I think. I think that's fair. I think a six-year, fifty-three million-dollar contract is is more than enough to say that. Um, but yeah, I I, I think. If you if you go throughout your if you go throughout your season without a bona fide uh, sub three ERA, a guy that's going to be shut or uh, locked down every single time he's out there, you can say that. I don't think we have that, but I think again you have to have at some point a, a set one two three. Who's your one two three right now? Because as it's Frank, you're not going to say it's Frankie Montas or Hunter Green. So we'll just say one and two there. Who's the third best pitcher? Is it Abbott? Is it Williamson? Is it Ashcraft? Who is I would it? put Abbott out there. Yeah. Okay. So what about Lodolo? Largely because of the, the lefty. I want to. I want to. I want to try to make sure that every series, um, mostly every series. Okay. That that I'm so, gonna have. So now we have now game. we have Williamson, Ashcraft, and Lodolo to be four and five. Who's the four and the five? Um. Well, listen. If Lodolo is healthy, and again, that's the biggest asterisk there is. If Lodolo is genuinely healthy, I'm putting him third. Or hell, I could I I'd consider putting him second if we're being honest. But I, this guy hasn't pitched in a year. Let's we're gonna have to, we have to we have to say he's healthy because that's what he is right now. Do he's, you think I, here's a, here's a, here's a, here's a, here's a fun topic? Kind of does it even matter? Do you think it, do you think it matters that much about what? I don't about what about when when these guys go in the rotation as long as they're consistently throwing. I mean, yeah, if they're all it, good. it's a 162 game season, man. Like they all count the same. That's where again. There, there are times where I just I, 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 I don't understand the concept of, of thinking that you have to have a set rotation or the, you got to lay these guys out. The playoffs is different. And I tried to do a little bit of the old uh, joke there, by the way. If people are like, playoffs? Yeah, if, if we get to the playoffs, Elliot, they have a year worth of throwing the baseball. I get to see who I think is the best. At that, at that point, it is very important. If but we're going if we're into a 162-game season, if you told me right now, you draw them out of a hat and you throw them one through five and they start throwing the ball. I, I really don't think – maybe people are going to kill me for saying it. I don't think it matters that much. I think it matters a little bit. I think when you're facing the Brewers and you know it's going to be low scoring, you want your one, two, three out there. Well, couldn't you argue the opposite? Like sometimes I think, uh, sometimes I think it's better and I think that lower, less, lower, lower level college teams, if, it wasn't their, their, if there wasn't like a stigma around it, they would be better served to throw their three guy to the Wolves and just realize that you, you you don't have a great chance of winning the first game, but then the next two games you are that you have the better starter one hundred percent. I again you that that certainly comes into play when you, like you said it's one hundred sixty two games. I get all that, but this isn't a hundred. We're not banking on a hundred wins on this team. We're banking that every series is going to have to matter, and that's a fact. The win total right now is 80, 81. right around five hundred. Five hundred doesn't get us into the postseason. If we're talking about making the postseason, then yes, stuff like that matters. Stuff like stuff like but that absolutely matters. You're not going to convince me that if we run out Hunter Green, or or, or Nick Lodolo, or Frankie Montas, any three of those guys is going to be significantly different, one versus the other. They don't. 
Again, it, this, this isn't a, this isn't like Randy Johnson back in the day where you throw Randy Johnson out there and you're like, okay, this guy is significantly better than everyone else. I maybe I'm wrong. I don't. I'm not, I, I'm not I agree. I agree I, with you, but sir, you, who do you trust then? Rank rank the five the most you trustworthy. That's what we're doing. Perhaps here. that's why this team's uh, speculative to win 81 games. Who do you trust to go out there and pitch five innings and and, and be dominant right now? You don't want to know the answer to this. You have to tell me. That's what we're doing here. Tell me. Is it's there any? Be, it's going to be either Andrew Abbott or Katie Bar the door. But what I seen towards the end of last year, if you if you said the most consistent guy, I'm going to say it's Brandon Williamson of all crazy people. So you're going to have okay. So you're going to have Andrew Abbott and Brandon Williamson as who could be the most dominant as your most trustworthy Green. as your most as your most trustworthy as of right now today, February 29th, leap day. You have Andrew Abbott and Brandon Williamson as your most trustworthy guys. You have to say it. Based off of what I've seen towards the end of okay, last year. Okay, that's fine. You can and have I that. also think, and listen, let me hesitate when I say this, because I think that Hunter Green's by far better than those guys. But see, now we're playing, a, now we're playing the game where we switch back and forth. I, you have you to- asked me who I trusted to go out there and give me five innings with my life on it. Yes. That's what you're saying. But that how doesn't mean you, that who's gonna who who has a better chance of throwing a shutout. I, that's a different that's a different answer. I see. I think it's the same answer. I think no no chance it's the same answer. Andrew Abbott, if he's healthy and he's not ran down, he's gonna throw strikes. He's gonna probably get guys out and he's gonna go five innings. Hunter Green has a chance to go out there, like it or not, and get hit around and come out before the fifth inning. But he also might go eight innings and strike out fifteen. I don't know. It's a fun debate. I think it is a fun debate. That's you, my who, point. I don't think who do you we, trust? We've the kind least? of got off the subject of we actually think it matters, you know, where they start over the course of 162 season. It, it, I think it matters significantly more how many times they start, not where in the rotation do they start. That's fair, and that's a fair point. I, I, I'd argue I'd want Hunter Green, uh, Frankie Montas, Nick Lodolo as my top three, and, and clearly you don't. Who do you trust the least? Who do you trust the least? Nick Lodolo. Nick Lodolo is the, you trust the least. If you said you're going into the season and you had to trust a guy that was going to throw all year long, Nick Lodolo is the guy that I trust the least, yes. Okay. Which could be our best pitcher. That's fair. I would agree with Evan. Man. I would agree with Evan that Graham Ashcraft I would trust the least. That's the guy who I trust we, the least. We will find out. And, and I think this is fun. When you have a team like the Reds have this year, when it's literally stacked to the gills with depth, the Reds have so much depth, it's crazy. Crazy. And this well, is what... they do, but they don't. Like they, they No, do, they, do. they do. They do, but they don't. They do. Everyone keeps saying it. It's scaring the hell out of me that say they, they're saying they're stacked to the gills. They are. If McLean doesn't play second base, who the hell's playing second base? It would be Jonathan India. Oh, my God. We're not stacked to the gills then. That is stacked to the gills. No, that's not. Would you rather have Kevin Newman or Jonathan India? Kevin Newman could play better second base than Jonathan India. You're absolutely incorrect. No, you're ridiculous with the Johnny India stuff. I'll tell you right now, if Jonathan India plays 100 games at second base, you can't tell me that this team has unbelievable depth. In fact, they don't believe in Jonathan India playing second base so much that David Bell has uttered out of his own mouth that he's considered having Candelario play second base. Then you switch it up. Yeah, you have you have five infielders. So yeah, you'll be fine if 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 if, Mar- if McLean goes down. Nobody wants it, but you're okay. That's just, what depth is. I just get scared that we're gonna consider that this team has unbelievable depth 
when you look around the field and you can and you can genuinely have question marks. I've done this too many times. I'm not going to do it again. And everyone, all I, this this is where it turns into Trace is pessimistic, and I don't mean to be that way. I'm just saying let's not act like this is some world class guaranteed certified roster that we can take to the bank and we know we're going to win with. We have we, we can be excited as hell for what we have, and we should be. I'm excited as hell for it because I think we have a lot of young guys that believe that they're players. I think this team actually does believe they are legit. Believing and being are two different things, but you have to believe first, to be fair. I think that's a prerequisite to being great, is believing you can be great. Nobody has ever been great in life thinking they might be great. They've always believed they can be great. So I am excited that these young guys feel the way they do. And I do think that there's some naiveness there that they might actually just not know how hard it is to win the division. It reminds me of like, it reminds me of young players that get in the NFL and they make the Super Bowl their very first year. And then they realize at the end of their career, damn, it's a lot harder to get to the Super Bowl than I realized when I was young. Nobody's saying the Reds should be favored to win this division. Nobody. And if you are saying that, you're crazy. You're but you crazy. can't say that they're stacked to the gills with depth. They are. When, last year when, so, when an outfielder went down, who was replacing it? It was TJ Hopkins. And who else was it? Harrison Bader towards the end of the year. There was some bad names Michael out there. Don't Michael Ciani. Henry Ramos. There was some bad names. Alejo Lopez. I don't slander Alejo Lopez. That was my guy. He never got a fair chance. But Alejo Lopez was our depth last year. Kevin Newman was our depth last year. We don't have that problem anymore. You can slander Jonathan India till your ears turn blue. But again, Jonathan India is a major league baseball player. Kevin Newman was a mediocre bat and a mediocre defensive player. That's a fact. He was kicking around balls at second base. Maybe not as much as Jonathan India, but it was close. I remember a game where I think he had three errors. So it's not like, it's not like he's innocent. And I think if you, go, if you go through the last two seasons, when the Reds have used 70-plus players... In a given season, each each one of those times, by the way, breaking the franchise record. Yeah, depth is important. Depth is how we survive. In game 162 in the month of September, when we have nothing and nobody, Andrew Abbott's arm's falling off. This is, this is why you have this. This is why you go out and do this. This is why you sign Nick Martinez. You have guys everywhere to back in, to fill in when somebody goes down. It's next man up. And I think that's where, that's where I think Reds fans get excited, rightfully so. I'm not saying the Reds are World Series contenders. I'm not saying that they should win the division. I'm saying they could. They could absolutely go out and win the division. They could win a playoff series. I firmly believe that. Could they show out this year and be terrible? 100%. I, the rookies, I, I don't see it happening, but they could surely go out there and disappoint everybody. Because when you play so good in your rookie season last year, surely, really, there's only one way to go, and that's down. But I think there's also another option where you can stay at that line. Ellie De La Cruz is going to have a better year. Going to have a better year. Spencer Steer, I think, is going to stay on that line. I think Matt McClain is going to be as good as he was. Well, it's fair to say all that, but it's another thing to do that. Sure, 100%. Matt but that's McClain the was world class, brother. Matt McClain was world class. And if Matt McClain plays as well as he played during, during the stretch that he was healthy, he'll, I mean, he'll be an all-star. He will be an all-star. That, that's not normal, is what I'm getting at. TJ Friedel, what happens if he doesn't play well? Where's our depth there? Are you going and, to... And listen, I know, who the, I know who the backup is, but everybody is going to sit there and scream and yell about how terrible he is, and you know who it is. 
Who I'm, is it? I'm not going to sit and yell at Stewart. I'm not going to do it. But I'm just saying that is I, that Stu is genuinely who I, the backup is. I, just so we're all clear. I, just so we're all clear. I, I, if TJ Friedel goes down, guess who's playing center field? Stuart Fairchild. And I'm not saying that Stuart can't do it. I but I but I'm gonna I'm gonna just all I'm saying is let's just be let's pump the brakes on acting like this team it, it has so many players that we don't have spots for them. Or or essentially there's really not gonna be any kind of letdown in any area because if there is a letdown we have someone to plug and play no matter what that's all that's all i'm saying and, and by the way Stuart fairchild I, I i slander him and i probably shouldn't do it he's not a horrible baseball player i make the joke because i get frustrated watching him but if Stuart fairchild is the very worst player on your roster offensively you're doing a very good job at getting players on your team your depth is phenomenal if he's the very worst, because you can get a whole lot worse than Stuart Fairchild. A whole lot worse. And that's where it's like when you get when you get to the month of September, and that's all I want. All I want from this team any any year ever. And that's how low the bar is here in Cincinnati. I just want the month of September to mean something. It doesn't mean much over the past, what was it, 10 years. It hasn't meant a whole lot. Yeah, listen, Last year it meant Nick, something. Nick this said, year it's going to mean something. Nick says he loves Stuart Fairchild, but there's also Jacob Herdebees and, and, and Dunn, and some will say Reese Hines, all these guys. Like, I, 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 Again, I'm not trying to be the pessimistic guy here, but I'm just saying we have become so numb to the notion that these rookies are going to walk right in the door and do what the rookies of last year did, and I just don't believe that. I don't think that's normal. In fact, I know that's not normal. So, again, the idea that Jacob Herdebees is going to step into the big leagues and be on a team that's going to try to make the postseason and it's going to be successful, I hope I'm wrong in saying this, but I don't think that's as smooth of a transition as we would all hope it to be. And again, TJ Friedel's a starting center fielder, so let's not go down this crazy path of hypotheticals forever. My main point, and I don't know how we got here, is that I'm not really overly concerned about who we deem as the ace the number one, two, three, four, and five. That's fair. Labels it's interchangeable. It's interchangeable. I could care less. I genuinely could care less. If, 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 if Hunter Green threw on the third day of the season, people would, people would think that's crazy. I, I just I don't know if it matters in the grand scheme of things because the way that I've seen things go in the past is ultimately guys get hurt, they come back, and then eventually it'll sort itself, it'll sort itself all out. Yes. And, of course, logical thinking would like to think that you're going to want to throw your best arm against their best arm. But I don't know, until the season gets going for a little bit of time, nobody is going to go and step out on a limb and put a lot of their, a lot of their money on one of these guys being better or significantly better than any of the other guys. But this goes back to my question, which, is, which started the whole thing, yes. is that we have five starters, five starters that get a, that get a job. We have Hunter Green, we have Nick Lodolo, we have Frankie Montas, yes. we have Andrew Abbott. Who gets the fifth? I, I, I know what's going to end up Who's happening. The fifth? I know what's going to end up happening, and I hate it, but I think Brandon Williamson's going to be the odd man out. I agree with you. And unfortunately, you know what that comes down to? And I'll tell you that that's, this is an absolute fact. It comes, down to, it comes down to how they got to where they're at and their stigma that surrounds them or the repu their reputation that preceded them before they got to the big leagues. 100%. That is an absolute fact. If Jacob Herdebees was the number one first-round pick, Jacob Herdebees would be on the big league club. But it, that's not how it goes. 
The, the reputation that preceded Brandon Williamson before he got in the big leagues was that he was not a big league arm and he was inconsistent and he couldn't throw strikes and all of that stuff may be true. But as soon as he actually got his chance and the, and the bright lights came on, he was a different pitcher. He was a different type of guy. My concern with Brandon Williamson, and I hope this doesn't happen, but my concern is, is that now you send him back to AAA and then he gets himself to where he feels like he's got to be extra perfect to get another opportunity and then it spirals out of control to a certain extent and you'll never get the guy that you had that believed that he belonged last year. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe he'll end up going down to AAA and he'll throw he'll, he'll continue to throw the ball really, really well and he'll come back up and help this club if they need him, which you would suspect they would because somebody ultimately is not going – someone's going to miss a start. We say I say that with a little hesitancy because what year – uh, Nick would know off the top of his head, but there was a year, obviously, that the Reds did not have a starter that missed a start, which was absurd. Um, mid mid 2010s, I think, is when it was, like 12 or 13, maybe. Um, but point being is that we'll see. Williamson's going to be the odd man out. I, I, I think, unfortunately, that's where we are, too. And, this and we're going to trust Nick Lodolo to get the job done. This is what, that's, what, that's what we have to do. That's what you have to do at least to start. And if it doesn't, I, there's only so many ways I can say it, but you have to stay healthy. If, if, if we're going to go down, if Hunter Green's missing months again, I can't defend it anymore. Uh, Nate, Nate has a question for you. Are there dates for which the, game, the Chatterbox tickets are, or are they not set yet? Um, we have like a couple spots left. So um, for those that are wanting to do that, please do that this week. My plan is I'm, I'm actually going to go through that uh, later today and start to put down the, the list of folks that are in the group, reach out to them. Um, and let them know the date that we're going to work on uh, kind of drafting the, the games, if you will. And then uh, that way we will also do the raffle for the opening day tickets because we, we have the tickets or whatever for opening day. We'll make sure that the people well uh, know, at least well in advance, that they've won the tickets so they can, they can obviously try to request off work if that's something they need to do or maybe they realize they can't go because of, of other obligations and then therefore they have the ability to kind of maybe trade those or whatever it may be. But um, but if you go on to chatterboxsports.com, go to the store, uh, you should be able to find the uh, the opening day, or not the opening day, but the uh, Chatterbox Red season tickets. Um, I think we, I think the, I think the number is like under 10 that we have left there. And I've not pushed that yet really super hard. This, I planned on doing that during spring training was like, Hey, if you, if you uh, put it, put it this way, if you want to be a part of the group, there's only a few spots left. So, do that now if uh, if you're interested. But I might still do it. Uh, Casey, I do have a cherry on top. We did some very serious. We got to the serious sports talk today. That was good. That was good of us. Shout out to you. You got us there. Yeah, I mean, very got, hypothetical. But that was that was that we we got there. I was worried we weren't going to get there with that terrible mock draft. Apparently, the chat liked the mock draft, and me and you just hated it. That's I think that's what happened. Yeah, I think there, there's there's rumors swirling on our chat that they liked the mock draft. Really? Yeah. They thought the mock draft was good. Yeah. I think me and you thought that was the lowest point we had been. We've we, we've been at off the bench. I think I'd agree. I agree. I thought that draft was gonna be more fun. I thought there was gonna be like more like colors or something on there that would have made that more entertaining. But that was, I mean, that was terrible. Uh, cherry on top. I sent this to Casey. This was one of the wildest stories maybe of all time. I believe what happened here was there was a, a willy uh, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Uh, great, 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 great company. What's your favorite ice cream there at United Dairy Farmers? Uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. Nice. Chocolate chip cookie dough. So, 
Apparently, there was a Willy Wonka immersive experience that. that promised to transport fans into a magical realm. Unfortunately, it left children in tears, and the event turned out to be such a letdown that customers called the police and compared the attraction to a meth lab. So let's roll through some of these little images. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. This is what children were paying $44 to go see. This is a Willy what Wonka experience. What what part of the movie does this guy come out at? This is a Willy Wonka experience. I don't remember him crawling out of the chocolate river. I guess this was like the the <laughs> look at this. What is Willy Wonka cooking up back there? Look at the set the set design. This was four <laughs> this was forty four dollars. This was forty four dollars. I, I I don't know who who concocted that. I believe the guy who played Willy Wonka was a comedian. And, and this company paid him, like, a, a, a decent amount of money to go act and learn your lines as Willy Wonka. What kind this, of drugs do you think people were on when they put that set together? Oh, I don't know. I, it's got to be something serious, though. It's got to be something illegal in all 50 United States. So, I, 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 whoever, whoever organized that, that's wild. Because, I mean, that, who was the guy in the skull mask crawling out of the back? Yeah, when was tough. that in Willy Wonka? I mean, I'm trying to think of... And again, the, the, what was the title? It was in a, a Willy Wonka immersive experience that promised to transport fans into a magical realm. Transport them to the shadow realm. <laughs> that's, I mean, they missed that part. They sent them to the sewers. Uh, so that's tough. That was a wild story that went viral yesterday. It was very, very funny. Um, that's all I have. Well, we're in the final planning stages of this trip. Um, we, we were trying to figure out some things last night that we thought would make some good content. Uh, it turns out that Elliot... Yeah, well, uh, is scared of fights. There's gonna be. I didn't know this. I found this out last night. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted to go and do some kind of. Uh, uh, I don't know what it was actually called. What was it? It was. It was basically, for lack of a better term, rock climbing. But you were cheating rock climbing. It was more or less like a. Yeah. I, like a, a tethered a tethered rope that you that you basically like slide on. I can do heights if I know I'm safe. If I'm in something. The harness thing, I don't trust the harness. I don't. I, there's something about a harness. I, I did a ropes course when I was younger. I hated every second of it. Because you can't look down, and I'm scared, and I'm nervous. And Trace wanted me up on the side of a cliff filming content. I'm all for content. I recommended rafting. And, and unfortunately, apparently, there's rafting seasons where the water. Yeah, I don't understand cold. how you thought it wasn't going to be too cold. Well, Could you know. imagine going, and getting, going down the river somewhere around here right now? How cold the water would be, Elliot? I guess. Turns out, thank God... There is seasons, and you can't just go whitewater rafting when it's 20 degrees outside. I guess you can't. But I, me and Nick Kirby, I, we would have we would have shoved ourselves into a raft. I don't know Nick Kirby did that, but go ahead. And I, I'm, I would have made Nick do it, and we would have gone down the river, and we would have had some fun. You can't be, get hurt in water. Uh, that's a saying that's not true at all. But that's what at least I believe. I, I like my chances to defend myself in a, in a in a swirling river over off the side of a mountain. That's that were that was my thoughts, but yes, this trip will be wild. Um, I don't know. I, I someone's. I think someone's gonna get hurt, but I'm not gonna get hurt. No one's gonna get gonna hurt. hurt. No one's. Gonna I think get this hurt. is gonna turn into something um, where we're gonna start doing stuff for content, and that content turns hurtful. I think that's what. I think that's what, like Trace is gonna wake up, wake me up one night in the van, and he's gonna put a tarantula on my head. Like that's what's. That's what this is gonna turn into, uh, and that's okay. I'm all for the content, 
But I want everybody. You're not for the content if it has to do with heights. Well, yeah, but I'm not. Why gonna... can't you walk over like a little one of those little small suspension bridges? You know that you know basically you got you got the harness on, you got the the carabiner, the whole thing where you're making sure you don't fall, and you just don't believe that the, you don't believe that that uh, that the math or the science is going to pan itself out. You rather go on a white water rapid stream, fall into that water. Yes. And think that it's think that it's yes. just as safe to it be is. clear, just, as, just safe as safe as something that's been around for forty or fifty years that people have done day in and day out, and nobody's died on yet. You think that that you think that whitewater rafting is significantly safer? That's where I don't understand I think, the I logic it, there. Because I, I think again, I, I trust myself in water more than I trust myself on the side of a cliff. But the side of the cliff, they, they have you strapped and harnessed in. You, I'm wearing a life jacket in the water. The it water, you're not, you're not tethered to anything. Yeah, but it floats. I float. So you, that's, that's, what, that's what we'll do. That's fine. But get ready for that. We'll have a send-off video on Monday. Again, this trip is, has rapidly approached us uh, on February Yeah, we got a lot of things that we need to get done around here. And speaking of that, uh, the plan is currently tomorrow... Um, Depending on how the rest of the day goes today, tomorrow we're going to figure out something with Off the Bench. Somebody will be hosting this show, certainly. If it's not me, it's going to be because I have to get the van that we're going to take all the way across the world it perceives to be um, ready to go, prepared for takeoff. Because the only thing that could really ruin this trip, if we're being completely honest, is the, the vehicle not doing what it's supposed to do and or we're stuck on the side of the road because we have flat tires and we don't have any tires to put back on said vehicle. Yeah, we need a couple and of tires. And for those that don't know, Reed Mouse ripped off the top of the solar panels off the van. So there's 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 what what used to be a great nice van that you could go and drive and there was lights and there was outlets that worked and all that. Uh, turns out that that doesn't that doesn't work anymore when you rip the solar panels off the top of the van. So I'm going to try to fix that this week. And by week, I'm talking about this, I guess, tomorrow and Saturday and Sunday. I also made a grave mistake. Uh, that's not the right word to say. I've made a little slight miscalculation of the commitment level that it takes to be a manager of a Little League team. So yeah. I signed myself up to be a manager of a Little League team. Turns out you have to go to a tryout. Watch kids at a tryout, then draft said kids at tryout, and that all happens this weekend and on Monday. So we're going to probably leave right after the draft of the Little League draft on Monday. Oh, my God. Um, maybe I can find a substitute. Maybe I can find a substitute. Can you back out I of this? I thought about making it content, but then I thought, I don't think this league's going to love the idea of maybe me videoing myself doing a draft of kids and then yeah, probably kids probably parents watch that and then they don't like the things that you know come about in said draft yeah that's so that's a bad content idea that i had but uh, but a good one i think that would actually be pretty entertaining for being honest that certainly would be something it would nothing nothing would not be, nothing would be better than not? nothing would be better than having some footage of the tryout and just being like cfp can you not back you ever, out of the you, you know what that means can you not back out of the draft or the, out of the uh, coaching thing? Uh, no. When I make a commitment, the one stupid thing I've always done in my life is that uh, no matter what, when I make a commitment, I stick to it. It's fair. Ever since seventh grade football, that's happened. I would have loved to have quit seventh grade football in the middle of the year because I could not stand it. But I was told then, 
and it's stuck with me ever since, that if you quit something, it makes it easier to quit the next time. And before you know it, you'll be a quitter. So I'm not going to be a quitter. So I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to be the little league manager. I'm going to do my best. We're going to see what it ultimately entails. Um, as far as winning, I don't care about winning. You know, I really don't care about yeah, winning. I, 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 yes, I do very much. I very much care about winning, as you know. But I'm saying, like, I don't. I'm not. That's not what this is about for me. So I don't really. Nobody's the, the, care the, about the, 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 the tryout and the draft. You know, this whole serious thing. I just, I, I get why you do it because you have to try to make teams even or whatever. But I'm not. I'm, I'm hoping that other people don't get mad at me because I don't draft somebody and they think that I ruined the league because I didn't pick the best player that I should have known about because I'm not recruiting. I'm not out there in the streets asking which players are the best. So I'm going to have like I'm going to have like 10 swings and 10 ground balls to judge every kid on, which I don't know if you know much about uh, baseball, Elliot. I do. That's 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 not the easiest thing to do sometimes. No. So you, you, you might there might be a kid that's actually really good that just walks into the gymnasium on a Saturday that could care less and Maybe his dad, before he walked in, told him to sabotage the tryout and act like he's terrible. That could work on me, if we're being clear. That could work on me. We'll see if I can sniff all that out. I hope that doesn't happen. Jolly says you. But should, I am very prone to that. Jolly says you should flip it to auto draft. Oh, I love that. What if I just gave them the list of my 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 top 100 kids? Yeah. And just said whichever one's available, take that one. Yeah. I, that should work. Probably the way to do it. But I think what I'll do is I'll send someone in my absence and give them that list, and then they could do that for me. Okay. That's my hope. We shall find out. This has been Off the Bench presented by United, United Dairy, Dairy Farmers. Farmers. We are very thankful for all of our sponsorships that we get on this channel. And we have a big one coming up next week that we're hopeful that you will be supportive of. I was told that this is the smallest organization slash deal they've ever done. And they, for whatever reason, wanted to see if the market size of what we do would work for them. That is the verbatim words that I got from them. And I said, all right, I'm up for the challenge. We'll see what that looks like. But till tomorrow. Nick Kirby, Chatterbox Reds premiering video premiering right now. Yes. What he just said is true. We have a Chatterbox Reds video premiering right now. So you go enjoy that. And we'll see you better than ever tomorrow. Take care, everybody.